With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk shoe. Talk shoe recorded, recorded live. live. It's, um, let's see, it's February 16th, 2017 at 7.34 p.m. I am on the East Coast up in Bangor, Maine. Up in the corner, as I say. Corner of the United States of America. We have Canada, New Hampshire, and the Atlantic Ocean as our borders. And for those who are geographically challenged, we're kind of at the end of the road in some ways, and in other ways, we're right in the middle of where everything happens, because Maine is like at the epicenter of all things worldly and global there. I just made up something off the top of my head. Well, I've had quite a busy week, and I'm sure everybody has because it's been like that lately, and have no idea what exactly I did this week. We had a couple of big storms. We had a huge storm a couple days ago, and it's still not dug out yet, cleaned up or anything, and then there was another one last night, but luckily this area didn't get it as heavily as the southern part of the state did again. So people are pretty much buried up here. They're hunkered in. Um, it shouldn't be too many more weeks before we hit springtime, and that'll be a welcome relief because things will start to melt, and uh, maybe they can see the front door again. Up here in Bangor, we have some controversy because the city has decided that they're not going to plow the sidewalks um, like they have been doing in the past because it's so expensive and blah, blah, blah. And um, I've been horrified to see little kids walking in the road pretty awful, so I hope I don't hear of anybody getting run over. It's not been good. Valam has a sad face, and I don't know what it's about. Hopefully, things are okay. She posted Neil Keenan, which I have not looked at lately, because every time I went to look, it was the same one from early January, so... Um, oh, I see. No, Valam, I haven't had to shovel, thank goodness. I have a nice boyfriend with a snowblower, so he's been doing that. I did offer, though. I said I would go and help because he's been having some trouble with his shoulder, and I didn't think it was the best thing for him to be doing. But Okay. Um, Desert Pete says, looks like rain tonight in the mid-70s. Yeah, there's places all over the United States that have very different weather, and um, we have a lot of contacts and people that have retired to Florida who had to tell us all week how great it was down there, sunny in the 80s, and they're out in the you know beach weather with their sandals on and their their nice <clears throat> t-shirts and shorts, etc. Or at the beach. So okay, so let's see. Yeah, the Valium. We need a snowblower. I know you need a snowblower too. From the sounds of how much snow you had this winter. We were lucky. We had a really easy winter up until this last bunch of uh, days. It has been di difficult. Okay, so let's see. Um, 
Gas 6 is talking about deep state. Uh, Gas 6, did you see that Obama signed the NDAA on December 23rd? Um, I probably did. I believed it had been signed earlier than that, actually. I thought I'd seen that a couple of times, but I just, because I can't see everything and remember everything for a long period of time, I couldn't tell you for sure if I knew that or not, but I believe I did know it at the time and had just forgotten it again. I'm hoping things are getting overturned right now as we speak anyway, um, because I believe that was a UN-connected um, document. Let's see. Okay, Valium says her snow is evaporating. All right, um, I'm going to go in and get whatever it was that I saved on my links this week. I have got a bunch of oddball, disconnected stuff that who the heck knows even what it is. Seriously. <laughs> I've had one of those whirlwind weeks where I have a day where I'm hunkered down because you can't even get out the door because it's snowing so hard, and literally we couldn't. I'm telling you, you couldn't leave the house because you were snowed in to the road, flat with like about waist to chest high snow. So it took a while. Um, no one went anywhere that day. And then the next day, after people cleaned out a little bit, then there were a few people out and around. But it's dangerous because you can't see cars coming on another street because they have to poke out a little bit so they can see around the snow banks. And so it's really kind of dangerous out there. But we've managed to get our things done that we had to do. And I've had some um, interesting mail from bank uh, banking and my bank, the bad bank, which was not helpful either. But all will be well. That's an old, I think it's a Quaker prayer. Or is it a Shaker prayer? I think it's Quaker. I'll have to look it up. It's, it's, this is it. All will be well, and all will be well, and all manner of things will be well. So I'm sure that's on. Google search somewhere so I can find out if it's Quaker or Shaker. But basically it puts you in the mindset of a positive, hopeful outcome for everything. Oh my gosh, I don't even know where to begin with this mess of links on here. I should have read this over and I didn't get a chance today. Let's just see. I saved whole, a, whole, a whole article because I thought it would disappear. Ah. <sighs> What the heck does this call? What the heck is this called? January twenty eighth, Debbie Tap shared a link. I don't even know who Debbie Tap is. I must have copied this out of somebody's comments. It was oh a lawsuit. Okay, let's see what it is. If it gets boring, I'll just stop and go to something else. But why did I save this whole thing? I must have thought it was important and that it would disappear, because I never do this otherwise. Okay, um, this was shared as a comment, I guess, January 28th. One of the men being held at John F. Kennedy International Airport has been released, according to a tweet from Representative Gerald Nadler, Democrat of New York. The tweet says, Hamid Jalid Darwish has been released from detention. There is no word on whether he's free to go or if he's being released to get back on a plane. The original story, lawyers for two Iraqis with ties to the U.S. military who have been granted visas to enter the United States have filed a lawsuit against 
Donald Trump and the U.S. government after they were detained when they arrived in New York Friday. The lawsuit could represent the first legal challenge to Trump's controversial executive order, which indefinitely suspends admissions for Syrian refugees and limits the flow of other refugees into the United States by instituting what the president has called extreme vetting of immigrants. Um, I'm going to skip down. According to court papers, both men legally were allowed to come into the U.S. but were detained in accordance with Trump's move to ban travel from several Muslim-majority nations. The lawyers for the two men called for hearing for a hearing because they maintained the detention of people with valid visas is illegal. They were still at John F. Kennedy International Airport as of late Saturday morning, one of the lawyers told CNN. Probably saved this for background and names. So let's see. The two men, one of whom has now been held for 14 hours, of course this was written earlier, so the end of January apparently, um, have been allowed to make phone calls. The two men do not know each other. It is unclear if they are being held together or separately or if they are being kept in a holding cell, according to DOS. One man traveled from Sweden and one from Iraq. I may have been looking for um, names because I saw something on TV one night, and I don't remember how many days ago it was, but it was about uh, a translator who was <clears throat> known to apparently our military or whatever, somebody who was a translator. And I thought I remembered that person as um, being released fairly soon and that they were out. I think this is what I'm remembering. It's kind of hazy. But being out of the terminal, talking about how they were a translator, so they weren't like kept very long. And I think I was looking for names to try to find falsities in the story itself. And I do remember that name, Gerald Nadler. So probably what it was was I was looking for the background on that so that I could look it up later. And then I didn't do it. But um, And I was also watching some other videos um, of people who were um, – out being interviewed and things like that who were around the terminal as though um, they just showed up there and I was trying to make the connection in you know the background stuff that I usually try to do to find out how these people are interrelated um, and I think that what I found was that there was somebody who was being interviewed around who was there as though they just arrived on the scene and that they weren't actually part of the whole plan. In other words, they, they were called uh, as help to come along and help with these uh, poor stranded people instead of that they were part of the actual protest of people showing up at the airport to raise hell, in other words. So I don't know for sure yet. Just stuff, more things to put in a folder somewhere, I guess. Um, let's see. Um, we had some. We had some other things come up in Maine, which I haven't gotten back to yet. One of them re related to Troy Jackson and his son, who is uh, Chase Jackson. Um, <clears throat> something about trying to draft. The son wants to try to draft his father to run for governor, and there was a bunch of 
interesting uh, exchanges over that. Progressive versus conservative people in Maine. Pretty strong words a lot of times. So, um, Amazon takes victory lap for its role in halting Trump's travel ban. That was a New York Post article. And it was um, basically Amazon screwing up their own business. <laughs> That's what I always think of it as because if you have um, if you have a, a huge business and you have you know the majority of people coming to your business like a nationwide or a worldwide company even and you go and choose sides in a political battle, it's usually a mistake because, it, at least in Maine, it would be half your customers would be very upset by that and not want to you know, deal with you anymore. So we've talked about that before too, how that, that type of thing has taken a toll in the state of Maine before from people who just had a, a position about a certain candidate and are too loud about it. In other words, not just, uh, you know, hey, I support this person or I support that person, but actually coming out and attacking the other side kills off their business, and it's like a big mistake, especially in a place like Maine where everyone knows everyone else. So so that was Amazon's uh, thing they decided to do. Um, and that was dated February 10th, re- written by Daniel Halper, on the New York Post, I saw it on the website. Jeff Bezos, there's a picture of him at the top of the page. A top lawyer for internet retailer Amazon is taking a victory lap for the company's role in the Ninth Circuit Court's decision to retain the temporary restraining order halting President Trump's travel ban. And um, let's see. Um, and it just says it's unknown what precise role, if any, that Zapolsky, who is, I guess, their general counsel, it says, if any, what role he played in the appeals court decision. But there's been bad blood between Trump and Amazon owner Jeff Bezos for over a year. On the campaign trail, Trump said the Internet entrepreneur and newspaper owner would have problems if Trump was elected. Um And he said, let's see, I have respect for Jeff Bezos, but he bought the Washington Post to have political influence. And i got to tell you, we have a different country than we used to have, said Trump at a campaign stop in February 2016. Um, you know, take what you want out of that. <clears throat> the sides, it's the sides and the vitriol that people treat each other with that are the real problems, in my opinion. We always were able to express ourselves and, you know, say what we thought should be happening and and, uh, just argue issues in the past. But now it's become such a lightning rod that you don't dare say much of anything to people, especially people you don't know, because you don't know how it's going to be taken. Um, And we've redefined a whole bunch of words, too, but that no longer mean what they used to mean. Um, I've, I really have never seen such twisting of words as, I, as I've seen in the last few years. You know, We do have multiple meanings for words. We have multiple meanings for phrases. And some parts of the country express things in a totally different way than another part of the country because we're multicultural. And 
you know, you have to look at the intentions of what were what the person said and what they meant by it. And that's just, you know, that's common sense, I think. It's one of the reasons why I like to watch things live and in context is because it never even resembles what you see on the news. And that was an example today when I was um, scanning through the uh, ABC News tonight before I came on um, and listening to their coverage of the press conference that the president had this afternoon, which was pretty darn funny. If you didn't see it, make sure you see it because it was pure entertainment. It was really, really funny. Um, Let's see. Um, Democrat moves to force House debate on Trump's alleged business conflicts and Russia ties. This was sometime this past week. Oh, it says the 9th, so yeah, a week ago, on the Washington Post. Some of these I may have saved just for background, and some of them I might have saved because I thought they had important stuff in them. Okay, this was by Mike DeBonis, February 9th. It's got a nice picture of Pelosi. Um, I know that guy, too. I can't picture who he is. Pelosi, Schumer... Oh, Gerald Nadler. That might be why I was looking him up. Might be why this is on here, because I was looking that guy up. He's the one I mentioned at the airport with the uh, people that were um, detained at JFK. And there's another man here that I don't recognize who he is, standing to the side. Baltimore, in an escalation of Democratic efforts to highlight questions about President Trump's potential conflicts of interest and alleged ties to Russia, a senior House Democrat is dusting off a little-used legislative tool to force a committee debate or floor vote on the issue. Representative Gerald Nadler, D. New York, filed a resolution of inquiry Thursday, a relatively obscure parliamentary tactic used to force presidents and executive branch agencies to share records with Congress. Under House practice, Such a resolution must be debated and acted upon in committee or else it can be discharged to the House floor for consideration. Nadler's resolution asks Attorney General Jeff Sessions to provide copies of any document, record, memo, correspondence, or other communication of the Department of Justice that pertains to any criminal or counterintelligence investigation into Trump, his White House team, or certain campaign associates, any investment made by a foreign power or agent thereof in Trump's businesses, Trump's plans to distance himself from his business empire and any Trump-related examination of federal conflict of interest laws or the emoluments clause of the, of the Constitution. That is why I was looking up all the stuff about Nadler, I believe, is because I wanted to know who this guy is and why he's showing up all of a sudden. Um, it says he's the number two ranking Democrat on the Judiciary Committee, so um, there's background in this. There's some good background in that. A lot of the things have changed in the past week, obviously because things are happening so happening so rapidly, and like there, the press is building up things, the Congress is building up things. Um, people are walking around making their appearances on various television shows and talking about things, and then they spin about that for a while about what people said and who who was treated badly on which show and whether or not they're believable and all those things that happen in the political world and um, certain things just get repeated over and over that echo chamber they talk about until 
they don't really know what the truth is anymore. They don't really care. They're just talking about themselves, basically, what each of them said or what each of them believed. And um, I've been watching a lot of the live little um, like announcements of new people coming into office, swearing-in ceremonies, um, the press conferences with Sean Spicer, which are very good. He runs them extremely well, I think. Um, and you can sit and watch those, and you know exactly what they're going to talk about on the mainstream media. You know what they're going to talk about by what they ask. And it's been all about Russia. It's been about connections to Russia. And um, we saw what happened this week, and, and uh, Michael Flynn was asked to resign. It was characterized as he was forced to resign, he was fired, etc. Um, we weren't there, <laughs> but from what I've heard from Sean Spicer, from Kellyanne Conway, and from the president himself today, it wasn't about the, the connection with him talking to um, somebody from, I believe it was the Russian ambassador, um, on the phone, because that was the normal course of business for transition time, which is that they talk to people and they get their um, introductions in place and they're, you know, start to talk about their policies and what they're going to be doing. Um, it's not unusual for that to happen. But the fact was that when he told the vice president about it, he left out the, the fact that he had talked to him about the sanctions. Um, and also, when he was asked again about it, he he covered it up or told people wrong information, and they went out and told wrong information to other people. And that was the reason, supposedly, for being asked for a resignation, because he said he couldn't he couldn't have him there if that was how he would behave. Makes sense to me. Um, I wasn't there, but to me it makes sense. I thought at the time, why couldn't he talk to whoever he wanted to talk to? He, they didn't have the power to actually do anything yet, but it, to me it was no different than when Obama told Medvedev, I think it was, it was one of the Russian leaders, and I believe it was Medvedev, said, I'll be able to do more after the election. He's like, he's talking about, you know, the future as well. So there's a lot of posturing, there's a lot of game playing right now, and people shifting around, and I've seen a lot of different threads on forums and uh, I think there's a lot of movement in the background. It may not all show right at, at first, but I think it's going to be showing pretty soon. I'm very excited about that part. Um, let's see. What else do I have? Then I'll come in and see what you guys are talking about in a minute. Let's see. I've got... Oh, I had the Wikipedia about that Gerald Nadler. See, yeah, I was on I was on that guy. That's why I had those saved. Gerald Nadler came into office January third, two thousand thirteen. Um, he's from he's from New York's tenth district, which I believe is right in downtown New York City. Uh, he lives in Manhattan. Went to Stuyvesant High School, Columbia University, and Fordham University. Um, let's see, how did I, what did I find interesting about him? He was born in Brooklyn. Shout out to Jean. Jean's one of our regulars that's from Brooklyn. So I always shout out to Jean when I hear Brooklyn. 
Um, let's see. Graduated from... Wait a minute. This is kind of interesting, too. Nadler was born in Brooklyn, New York City, New York. He graduated from Stuyvesant High School in 1965, where his debate team partner was the future philosopher of science, Alexander Rosenberg, and his successful campaign for student government president was managed by Dick Morris. Now, some of you may know Dick Morris because he's, you know, he's around on the Internet, and I think he's on a television uh, network, too, where he does... Um, like analysis and stuff like that. He's gained a lot of weight since his earlier days. But anyways, Nadler graduated from Columbia University where he became a brother of Alpha Epsilon Pi in Fordham University School of Law in 1978. He worked for Eugene McCarthy in the 1968 U.S. presidential campaign. Nadler became involved in a controversy with the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation, better known as FDIC, in 1995, when he wanted the release of data concerning a bank for which the FDIC was then the receiver, the result of the dispute was a key Second Circuit precedent on the applicability of the Freedom of Information Act to circumstances in which a public agency possesses trade secrets and commercial or financial information obtained from a person and privileged or confidential. Um, I think I remember that, actually. Okay, he's done some other stuff too. Let's see. Um, he's had some other things where he didn't win, apparently. Ran for things, didn't win. Anyway, that's probably enough about him. There's probably some interesting stuff in here, though, because... Um, he... Um, He's been right around all the stuff happening in New York City, obviously. So just the Wikipedia about him. I don't really need to give you a link to that because you could just look him up on Wikipedia. Like I say, it may not be the uh, be-all and end-all of all research, but it gives you places to look. It's the outline for going further. So, Okay, so that's that. Now what's this YouTube? Usually I, I do... Uh, but I am. I um, usually mark them, but I didn't mark this one. Are you accusing me of showing off? This is Trey Gowdy, and I love this. So good. Um, I don't remember now why I saved this. Well, I'll have to just give it to you for now. I don't know. Some of these on um, YouTube, when I open them up and start watching them. They may have been posted recently, but they may be old videos because some people are doing that. They're bringing them back out again and sticking them up like they just happened. Um, I don't have any way of knowing the dates on some of these things unless the person puts it in the notes. So I don't know if this was recent or not, but I saved it because it was good. So the title of it is, Are You Accusing, Are you accusing Me of Showing Off? Trey Gowdy is Pissed. And... Um, Whenever you're feeling a little, you know, um, I'm going to put the title. Are you accusing me of showing off? Trey Gowdy is pissed. That's the title of it. Um, if you're ever feeling like you need a little pick-me-up that somebody's out there fighting, you can go and look at him and see what he's saying. Some people say that he's just all 
talk and never does anything. Um, I don't know how valid that is, honestly. Sometimes people just need to be the rabble rouser because there's other people to go out and actually do the action. So I don't know. But it, I like hearing him and his common sense. So it, usually I'll watch something that someone shares with me about him. <clears throat> One of these days, I always say my project is going to be to put all these links into folders so that we could look up, we could just open up a folder on Trey Gowdy and there would be all these cool videos that I've mentioned over the years. By the way, I don't know if I told you guys, but we just passed the six-year mark on this show. We should have had a party. I think it was February 10th was the first one that I did in 2011. Six years, it's unbelievable. Went by fairly fast in some ways. So <clears throat> someday we'll get together and we'll have a toast or something. Um, during the course of the DeVos um confirmation hearings and everyone being all up in arms about Secretary of Education not being qualified and being so upset about everything that she stood for or stands for and that she's you know never worked in a public school and all those things. I pulled out again an interview um, that was done by G. Edward Griffin with Norman Dodd on tax-exempt foundations. And um, the day that I started getting into this stuff, it was a few years ago, I was just like, I spent like six hours, I'm not kidding, I never even got dressed that day. I was still like hanging out in my pajamas. And one of my friends came over and I said, my gosh, I can't, I can't stop because everything is making me think of something else that I know about and I have to go look at that and see if that's true and how it fits. And it was this huge thing. I could have like written a whole dissertation for college or something on the taxes foundations. Um, I was watching the interview with um, Charlotte Iserby and Norman Dodd. I was studying up on all the different foundations and how they uh, were putting forth a social agenda that would suit the needs of the wealthy families and that they were using their foundations to do that. They were like endowing certain groups and uh, activities to shape all of our American culture, basically. And I was just, I was just floored because it was everything. It was everything. It related in my mind to everything. My father worked for public television. Um, I've told you guys that before. He was a transmitter technician, the transmitter engineer for like the station itself, the tower, the transmitter, the whole thing, make sure it was operating. And we had it on at home for a lot of the time because there were great programs on. There were really nice things you could learn. Um, Julia Child with the cooking, you know, there were children's programs. I learned how to play guitar, I always say. I sat down and this person, I forget what her name was, taught how to play the chords and I learned how to play guitar by using public television. All these things that were going on that people thought were such a great thing. No no commercial advertising, but you got told who who sponsored these shows, which foundations they were. So when I was hearing about this, I was just like blown away. I was like, holy cow, that's true. That's exactly right. Oh my God, you know. You know, the whole the whole idea of these wealthy families and that they're held in high regard as though they're philanthropic organizations. 
um, big word, but that they're doing nice things for humanity, right? Yet, they're doing nice things for themselves and making it look like it's for humanity because what they want is for you to be like in the same mindset that they have for you. And trust me, they would not be led that way. They would not be told to be different than they are because they're right and they're the best. So anyway, I saved uh, this video because I'd gone in to watch it again and I got partway through and got sidetracked again. It's 52 minutes long. Um, well worth watching. Um, and, you know, anything that Charlotte Isabit has to say, Isabit, Isabit, maybe Dottie knows how I should say that because I never know. Um, here's the rest of this title. Oh, Tax-Exempt Foundations. Exempt Foundations. Um, it's worth it, anyways, worth watching, so, all right, I'm tired tonight, can you tell? I usually try to do... links, uh, you know, saving my titles for my links, and I forgot to do it on some of these. Okay, Maine's Aerospace Exports Fly High. It's a a Press-Herald article. What the heck is this? Maine's Aerospace Exports soared to a record $312 million last year. Aircraft, engines, and parts were Maine's second most valuable export in 2016, accounting for about 11% of the state's $2.8 billion in foreign exports. I told you guys that there's this place in Bangor called C&L Aviation that does like uh, refurbishing of, the, um, of planes. It does painting. Um, they could fly in and out of here and be a different company's airplane the next day, so it's called C&L Aerosports, uh, wait, C&L Aviation. Sacramento B. why did I keep this? Oh, activist Yvette Falarca says anti-fascist rally at the Capitol will prevent more violence. This was from June 2016. Now, this is the lady that had gone on some show, and she was talking about, um, this may come on on and start yelling at me, so I don't know what to do with that. Turn it down, I guess. Um, She was the one that was uh, on TV talking about how these riots out at Berkeley were a good thing. And um, you may have seen some of those videos of her. Well, I went looking her up, and uh, she's been around a while. She's a middle school teacher, and she was out there condoning the kinds of things that were going on at uh, Berkeley. And I'd like to know also why we're not hearing Janet Napolitano's name mentioned with anything to do with this violence and uh, disruption out in the uh, campuses of the University of California, because she is the head honcho of the University of California. Now that's where she went. <laughs> 
So um, somebody's protecting her name from being in the media. You can find it if you Google search. It'll say some of the statements she's made regarding what happened at Berkeley, but it's not in most stories. It's I don't even know why I knew it. I probably saw it mentioned in a comment, or it was a fleeting mention somewhere when I was reading, and I went, ooh, Janet Napolitano's out there? What does she have to say about this? I mean, if her job was Department of Homeland Security, which it was, wouldn't you think that she would want to be making sure that there was no um, unsafe, uh, anti-American rioting going on in something she's responsible for? She can't keep the university campuses in California um, safe for the students but yet she was in charge of the whole country. You know, that's a big deal to me, and I don't get it. So anyway, this is the, uh, this is just another article I saved on this woman, Yvette Falarka. You may have seen her in your travels. Yvette Falarka. Um, She thinks that uh, rioting is good. She was totally out to lunch a middle school teacher. So I can only imagine what she's feeding to her kids during the day. Somebody like that teaching school. And she's not very old, so I'm sure that there's a lot of people really like her. Some of these links probably relate to each other, and so I'm jumping around a little bit. Um, And then I saved another link about her because she's somebody on my radar now. Um, she apparently got kicked out of school at some point for something she did. This is more background on her. Because at the top of the page it says, Defend Yvette Falarka. Bring her back to her classroom now. Stop Berkeley School District's political witch hunt against her. And that was September 23, 2016. So she's not just somebody who happened to show up about the Berkeley riots. She's been around and probably been organizing for a while, I would guess. And I'm going to say, allegedly, I'm just saying, it's just my opinion, because I don't really know these people. But she's on my radar now because of the outrageous things she said on some of the interviews lately. Um, She goes back on this particular thing, which is B-A-M-N, Coalition to Defend Affirmative Action, Integration, and Immigrant Rights and Fight for Equality by Any Means Necessary. That's what the B-A-M-N means, by any means necessary. And there's other articles, and the the earliest one on this page is uh, November 2011. So it's not like it's, you know, a brand new organization. So that's kind of that in. Did I already give you that? I usually will only let me put it in once, so. The dam broke. Oh my gosh. I see that now. It broke just now, you mean, tonight? Okay, you just wait a second because I want to tell somebody that in just a minute. Hey, babe. My people are saying the dam broke. 
the water water is heading to Sacramento. Well, that's interesting. So what should I do? Just like, oh, is this it, this YouTube right here? I'm going to click on it. Hopefully I don't disappear because I want to know. U.S. biggest dam broken of Oroville at California. Well, I guess they better run. So is this live or is this just earlier or what? 187 views. Show more. Yeah, that's just friggin' wonderful. Yeah, that is really uh, shocking. Hmm. Is it true that it's completely broken? Is it really going to wash out Sacramento? I hope not. Thank you for telling me that, you guys. Um, Let's see. Here's another one about that Yvette girl while I'm on her topic. Yvette Falarka sues Berkeley School District for alleged First Amendment rights violations. So here's this one. But that's got the title in the link, so I don't have to go back and get it. And this must be the interview, because I saved an interview with her. Yeah, she defends the Berkeley shutdown of Milo Yiannopoulos, and this was February 4th that this was on. This is what drew my attention to her, actually, was this particular YouTube video. Because everybody that I knew was just appalled that she was defending it. Let's see what else. The oh, I've got a bunch of stuff at the top, too. Crud. Well, let me just take a break from this for a few minutes so I can go in and see what you guys are talking about. Because I have a whole bunch of links at the top, too. But let's just stop on her. Back up. Get you guys back. Go back up here. Go backwards today. Jameson says it doesn't look broke. Belly, I'm saying she can't watch it. Let's hope and pray it's the emergency spillway and only top 30 feet of the dam went and not the entire dam. They're getting hurricanes this week. Um... Idiote says, damn, damn. Yep. Bellium has put a bunch of links, and so have James Ken put links in about the dam in California. 
a whole bunch in there that I'll have to look at later. Yep. Paul Preston. Is Paul Preston um, somebody we know, Velam? Is that somebody we know? Like, is he a media person, a politician? I don't recognize the name. Okay, I'm reading through. That's why I'm taking so long. I'm reading back through to see if there's anything in here I should mention. James Skin, I think that's funny, too. I think that uh, Trump and Flynn tricked the intelligence community in some ways. I believe that there's stuff going on that um, laid traps for some of these people, and they will be brought out. He, he certainly sounded like that's what his intentions were today when he said they will be no, they will have consequences for what they've done. Um, Valium saying that she heard that Flynn was transferred to run Black Ops Agency to investigate CIA, NSA, and the mother dudes. Um, I wouldn't be surprised about that either because um, we know already, the people that have been researching on this stuff for a while, that every one of the agencies has people in it that are not for the best interests of the United States. So the ones that are good people that are there are having to tiptoe around these people because they're all spying on each other and they know they all have the dirt on each other. So we may have to have some uh, amnesty, forgiveness, whatever you want to call it, for some of the things that some of these people have done in their younger years that they've been blackmailed for. Um, we're going to probably be very shocked at some of the uh, compromising situations some of these people have been in because that's how they get the compliance on um, keeping the secrets. And they threaten the people with blackmail or bodily harm to their family members and things like that. And it's harsh, but true. <laughs> so, um, let's see. Everybody's giving Desert Pete a hard time because uh, Barry Brown's his governor. Okay. You talk like me. Trump had his conference today, talk with the folks, CNN, to dumb to stop arguing with him. Valam, when I saw that press conference today, I was laughing. We were both sitting here watching it, actually, my boyfriend and I, and um, we were we were just looking at it in amazement. I had on a feed that was showing comments on the side, and the people that were commenting were funny too. They were just putting out stuff, and I was just laughing so hard. But it turned into something other than a press conference. At one point, I'm like I'm like thinking, this is like those. 70s sessions where people would sit around and just say whatever they wanted to to each other. They called it encounter groups. Remember, it was supposed to be, I'm okay, you're okay, let's all get together and trash on each other and cry it out and get it over with. And it was just, it was so funny because that's all I could think of is this is like those encounter groups. We're having like a, a cathartic, 
you know, I'm going to just tell you what I think kind of day. And I just found it really funny. Got a big charge out of it. Um, let's see. That's right. The Constitution doesn't apply to immigrants and illegals. Um, and it's it's the illegals. It's the illegals. Okay, let's see. Ginger got coffee and tea. I don't know what that means, but that's all right. So if I missed anything important, just type it in again because I'm not really sure what, you know, if I missed stuff because there's a lot mixed in together, as you know. Okay, why is everyone talking Japanese, Desert Pete says? Maybe it's a Japanese video? I don't know. Had to turn the sound down. Can't take all the screaming, Valium says. Water streams of rain. It will hit Sacramento in three or four hours. Oh, my goodness. Mexicans taking the video, so it's Spanish and not Japanese? I didn't go look at it yet. Which one is it that... Well, I'll have to look. That looks like a clip from the Fukushima tidal wave and not Oroville. That is Fukushima, not Oroville. Bad link. What is the poster trying to prove? Well, they're probably scaring people if that's the case. Okay, Paul lives there and has a radio show. All right. Okay, I think I caught up with everybody. go back and look at some more and see what's on here. Okay, I saved a link to, oh, I don't think it's a link either. What the heck was I have this connected to? <clears throat> One of my uh, Facebook friends commented on a link on Facebook, and so I saved um, I saved something. I don't know if she wrote it or if it was the original posting. I'm not sure. But anyway, I thought I'd bring this up because Desert Pete talks about Elon Musk. And what it says, what this says is, I copied and pasted so I would keep it. I don't know now where what it was, if it was the blurb for the article or what it was because I didn't go back to it yet. It was on a website I believe called livescience.com. This is what I copied. So um, I would say it's a comment from there, but I'm not sure. Always good to know what the multinational corporate globalists intend to do with the commoners they allow to live. Humans need to stay relevant according to Musk. Musk and other globalists want us to be useful slaves and good for more than voting bodies or easily programmed and manipulated once the chaos phase is no longer necessary to achieve globalist supremacy. For young people, if you aren't going into a STEM career, S-T-E-M, you are expendable to globalists. Maybe you can become a cyborg to remain relevant. 
The world has one last chance at freedom before the majority of us are annihilated and the rest of us experimented on and enslaved. Not that we aren't already guinea pigs and lab rats for the medical industrial complex. If Musk's line of thinking that is held by all mega wealthy globalists doesn't scare you, you may want to exercise your brain more. We have been expendable and disposable to these globalists for a long time. And I think that was someone's comment. Then under that it says cyborg future, Elon Musk's plan to compete with AI. So that's probably the title of the article that I saw. Elon Musk thinks humans and machines must merge for humanity to remain relevant as artificial intelligence advances. And then I said the web, the uh, link that copied with this was LiveScience.com. And um, a quote that's attributed to him, to him is, some high bandwidth interface to the brain will be something that helps achieve a symbiosis between human and machine intelligence and maybe solves the control problem and the usefulness problem. I have uh, another Facebook friend who used to be a commercial airline pilot who is talking a lot about AI lately. And it's a little scary because he he can't fly anymore. He's not able to fly anymore um, due to a medical issue, he said. But he talks about AI all the time. He's like, he's like fascinated by these things, this technology. And it, it's alarming to me that people would accept this um, taking over of humanity, basically, by science. Um, you know, I've talked about this a long time ago, not so much lately, but to be thinking about um, science used as something other than to enhance the human life um, but to actually change it to something different and controllable is very alarming to me. I don't find it interesting or even fun to, to think about. I have said on occasion, though, that if these people want this so much that maybe they should just have their life that way and leave the rest of us alone. You know, go live somewhere and have your, you know, go to Mars or whatever and have your technological dictatorship that you want, but leave us alone. We don't want it. Um, let's see. Trump ally to review intelligence agencies. I think this is one that I saved today. This was from The Hill. And President Trump is planning to ask a member of his Economic Advisory Council to lead a review of the U.S. intelligence community, the New York Times reported on Wednesday. According to the newspaper, Stephen Feinberg, a co-founder of Cerberus Capital Management, has informed his company's shareholders that he is currently considering a move to join the Trump administration. Feinberg also maintains strong ties to top Trump officials, including Chief Strategist Stephen Bannon and Senior Advisor Jared Kushner, who is also President Trump's son-in-law. Both officials declined to comment on the New York Times report. And, uh, you know, there's more there, but... Like I say, grain of salt time. Look into who the actors are. See how close they are to other people and um, whether those people are trustworthy. That's pretty much, you know, if they're working with people that aren't trustworthy, it kind of gives you an indication, doesn't it? Um, 
Matt Lauer had an interview with Kellyanne Conway, which was just ridiculous. I saved it so I could watch it again. Um, I don't think I'm going to bother to put it in the, the chat because it was ridiculous. Anybody that wants to go and see Kellyanne Conway get treated like crap somewhere, just look it up and you'll see lots of YouTube videos because she's been getting crap a lot of places lately. And um, by people who claim to care about women and success of women, she is she's highly successful. She's very bright, and they're having a you know having a field day trying to tear her down, because I think they figure if they tear down everybody that's strong around Trump, that he won't be able to keep going. But there's lots of people who would be willing to come in and work with Trump. So that strategy won't work. In the meantime, they think it's okay to destroy people. So they're working on destroying her lately. That's one of their things. Um, Tucker Carlson, I think that was, I think that's the one that was really funny that I watched last night. Let me see if it is. Um, yeah, this is the one I was thinking it was. Um, it's on Milo's page, MiloYanopoulos.net, Milo.Yanopoulos.net. I'll give you that link in a minute. This was the one that, um, I don't know if you heard anyone talking about it, but they were talking about it a lot in the last day or so about how Tucker Carlson took on this Washington Post reporter and just like flattened him. And um, it was yesterday. It says he was it, Eric Wemple. Tucker Carlson calls out Washington Post's Eric Wemple for being a hypocrite, talking about the fact that WAPO, they have to shorten everything, Washington Post, actually publishes Russian propaganda for profit. Um the Washington Post for years, many years, has literally carried paid propaganda from the Russian government, a section called Russia behind the headlines. It looks like news, but it's designed to fool readers into thinking it's real. And it's pure propaganda paid for, distributed by the Russian government with stories like, you know, we're doing a great job in Crimea. Why have you never written about that? How can you attack others when you don't know that your own paper makes money from taking propaganda from the Russian government? So they had a... Um, an interesting uh, exchange on this interview. It was pretty funny watching it. And, uh, you know, nobody's really talking anymore anyway. It's just attacks and counterattacks, but this is kind of a funny one. So it was Eric Wemple of Washington Post. On Tucker Carlson. I have to watch that stuff on YouTube because I don't get cable television. We have a homemade antenna. Well, sort of half homemade antenna. Like we were living in the 50s again or something. I do complain about it every now and then. About how ridiculous it is that we used to have television when we were kids. And now all these years later we have to put wires up over the windows again and all that stuff. Unless we want to pay for cable TV, which I don't because I don't watch it enough to make it worth it. So if I can't get it over the air, I'm not getting it at all there. Um, I think that is my list of stuff. Yep, I think it is. Been really busy on 
lot on Facebook lately because of the fact I was stuck in the house for a whole day, and also I just want to know what's going on so that I'll be prepared if anything big happens. It's important to me, (laughs) so I know how to make decisions for the future and stuff, and right now it's hard because it's very vague and chaotic. And um, when I turn on the TV and I hear people saying that it's chaotic because of Donald Trump, it just, it's what we would call it burns me. It makes me upset because it's not because of Donald Trump. It's because of the media. If the media would shut up and do their job, we wouldn't have chaos at all. We'd have a continuation of our government being put back where it belongs, running the way it's supposed to, having people, you know, take care of their job and only their job. And it would be great because we wouldn't have to try to do their job plus our own. We would just do our own job. It would be wonderful. There would be a lot of stress off right just from that. Okay, so let's see. Um, Yep, uh, abolishing the Department of Education has come up several times. I think it would be a great idea. I don't know if it's going to happen, but it would be wonderful because it doesn't belong at the federal level. We know this. Um, uh, Let's see. So... All right, so I don't know now whether or not the dam's actually broken or somebody thinks the dam's broken. So we can check on that and just keep an eye out for it. There's an awful lot of scare tactics going on. I don't like it either. Um, I've heard something about that too, about the hot carbon. I Some of the websites that uh, are sending around these different news articles to come out on Facebook and stuff. I've blocked them now. I'm not even looking at them anymore because as soon as I open it up, I see that it's nothing like what it says in the headline, and I I despise that kind of stuff because there's a lot of people that just scan through and they see the headline and they take it in. They believe it's true. They they don't open up the story to read it, and half the time it doesn't even match the headline. It's nothing like the headline. Um, There was one the other day. It said, CNN is banned. And it's like, oh, CNN's banned. So, you you know, if you flip through, you're going to think, well, it must be that Trump finally said, no way, you're not coming to any more press conferences. Not the case. Because if you opened it up, it was CNN was banned in Venezuela. And it had something to do with Spanish-speaking CNN or something. I don't know. It had nothing to do with what people would have automatically assumed. So I just blocked it. I don't have time to be clicking through to stuff that's just to make me open it. You know, it's not like they want to inform me. So I don't do that anymore. So let's see. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, Bill, we're working on the you know corruption stuff in the state of Maine, trying to keep track of what they're up to because they are up to things always. Um, our... Congress people, Congress critters, as some people call them, they're working against, our our senators are working against Trump. Um, And, you know, there's people half and half, like I say, there's people that are completely infuriated by that and and some of them that are happy about that. So, Um, let's see if there's anything in here. 
try to think. There was something I thought happened this week that I was going to tell you, and I can't remember what it was now. It's not on the front page anymore, so. Maybe Dottie remembers something that happened this week that was of more national, more widespread importance. For now, what it was. Try to save the links as soon as I see them, but sometimes I forget to do it. And like I said, the storm kind of took over our life for a couple of days this week, too. So Maine's oldest TV station, WABI, sold to an Atlanta broadcaster. That's pretty interesting. I thought it might be WABI. I heard that it was the oldest station, TV station, and I couldn't remember if that was or not because it seemed to me that there would be an older TV station in the Portland area, but apparently it was this one. WABI is here in Bangor. Right now it's a CBS affiliate. It's going to be bought by Gray. It's jumped. It's jumped. Where the heck did it go? It's going to be by Gray something. should be right on the front, right at the top. Union Sports, Outdoors, Homestead, Business, blah, 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 blah. the thing about computers. The pages are dynamic, as we say. They change every time you click through something, they change. I can't find it now. Oh, here it is. Gray Television Incorporated. So, more consolidation. We need our media outlets to be less consolidated. We need more and varied sources of information, and we need it to be actual broadcast journalism, not um, not uh, just the propaganda stuff and the news magazine things with lots of ads in them. If we want a magazine, we can go get one. Well, probably not that much longer, but you know what I mean. I'm not even sure they still print a lot of magazines compared to the old days when you'd open up your mailbox and be stashed, you know, just like stocked full of them. Okay. Um, Day without immigrants, people are talking about in the chat right now. I didn't see anything here, but it could have been in some businesses they may have done something just because they want to be part of it all. Um, And I I think that we just need to keep saying the same thing over and over again. We're not talking about immigrants. Most people in their family, that's how their family started, was immigrants that came to the country to do things. But it's about being legal and... um, having the paperwork done, and the sob stories that they show on the national news that look so sad because a mother's standing there holding her baby and everything. Well, you know, if they've been here for 20 years and they haven't been legal for 20 years, then I would say they better get down to their immigration office or whatever they have to do, fill out the paperwork, and show that they have intent to stay and that they want to stay, and this is what they've contributed. Plead their case. 
don't just cry in the house and get the media to come. That's not going to change anything at all. In fact, it just makes it worse for your family. You know, the the point is that the people being deported right now are not the wonderful little um, model model neighbors. I'm not going to say citizens because they're not model neighbors and uh, you know good people that came and have been here for a long time and just got away with doing it. They need to fix their status. It's not that hard to do it, apparently. And if they're already here, they probably will get some kind of help to stay. But they need to show that they intend to do things correctly and not be hiding out in their house. Or This person that was on the news tonight was hiding out in a Catholic church, I think, somewhere in the basement. That's a way to keep your kids, right? (laughs) Have them living in the basement of a church instead of in a home. So... You know, they're doing that to, to bring out the what they used to call the bleeding hearts, the, oh, my gosh, we have to do something. Well, you know what? People are very generous, but they can't, they can't just sit back and be complacent about this thing because it's not right and it's not fair, and so it needs to be fixed. So somebody's doing something about it. We need to get on board and help them do that. So let's see. Um Bellingham is saying Harward has declined to be national security advisor, citing family reasons. All right. I think I'm at the end of my rant ray for tonight. I think I had anything else that was really pressing. You want to call in tonight, Desert Pete? See what's going on in your neck of the woods. My um, week was ugh, a little bit stressful again, but I'm just I'm about to just say the heck with it. I don't care because honestly, that is you get to a point where you just get tired of constant stress and battles, and it's just not worth it. You know, I'd be perfectly happy in a tent as long as it's warm enough, not to have to deal with all the stress that is related to people doing rotten stuff or just being clueless and not doing their job. Those things really drive me nuts. We've got some people here in Maine who are having a lot worse time than others. So I just keep saying the prayers, you know, help the people. Please help the people. Because we've got some people that won't ask. They just sit and take it. They can't even get out and, you know, say anything anymore because they're so beaten down. So I try not to be that. I'm trying hard not to be the person that just goes and hides. So. Um. See if I can find this thing. This looks like a good one. Townhall.com. Former CIA analyst. Yes, former Obama officials were directly involved in the effort to remove Flynn, and I could name those people. I think this is the guy that we've seen before in the past. I'm going to give you this one because this looks like it might be a good one. I have not watched it, so Matt Vespa. Here's Desert Pete. Hi, Desert Pete. Yeah, good evening. 
Good evening. Uh, Boyville, don't shout fire in a crowded theater. We we have a crowded audience tonight, and one of them's in California. <laughs> and you about, oh! freak, about freak me out. <laughs> it's going to wipe out Sacramento. No, I, I go frantically screaming at my roommate in the next room, check your computer, find something live. and uh, There isn't oh, anything but, live, is there? Uh, well, K-Ron 4 TV is the local station up there, and they often do have a live stream from uh, from the event. Yeah. Uh, I guess they're not streaming anything right now because nothing's going on. So. Anyway, yeah, I think no. they would stream that if Sacramento was going to get wiped out in a couple hours. Well, exactly. And. Uh, well, there's so much of that stuff, though. That's what I'm saying. And sometimes they're showing things. I I think they think it's funny. These people they're doing it to create panic. And well, to create yeah. chaos, and so they can say, well, look, that person's um, falling for it. They fall for things, and then they don't, they can discredit you. It's a way to discredit people. And um, I had somebody post something the other day um, on Facebook about how, I think it was California, but I'm not sure now. But some uh, some congressperson had said that kids should work for their school lunch if they if their parents didn't pay. And they were all upset. Everybody was having a fit, and they were, you know, this and that, and somebody ought to fix it. And it was while they were all also upset about Betsy DeVos being the, the you know, the cabinet member, secretary of education. So they were all having this whole big conversation. I clicked on it and looked at it because I'm interested in schools and that kids have a lunch, not the stuff that Michelle Obama was coming up with. And that article was, like, from three years ago. And so all I said was, this article's from three years ago, and I had people just blast me for it. Well, I don't care. It's still wrong. I said, I agree with you, but I'm just telling you, the article's from three years ago. Because what happens is they start thinking it's now. They think it has something to do with the Trump administration. And they flipped out, never even looked into it, never even read it, never looked at it, just the article headline and the picture of the guy. The yeah. guy never got reelected, so I guess it didn't help him much with his stance on school lunches because he didn't get reelected wherever he was. But that's the kind of thing that's going on right now. They think it's funny. I think they sit back and laugh about it, see if they can get uh, people to, you know, get upset. Yeah, we're we're so used to getting our instant updates on our electronic screen, the computer, yeah. and we don't realize that, yeah, it. It's from the past, and now you got to structure what you're hearing from the past into today's environment, and, yeah, it gets confusing. Well, some of the videos and stuff that people are sending around, too, that are like Congress, you know, just different testimonies or interviews and things like that, and they're old, but there's no date on them. They're not on the actual video. So you have no way of knowing unless you happen to watch it that day because when they take the video, it's just the headshot of the person talking. So you don't even know who else is sitting there, what they're wearing or anything, that you might be able to match it to something. It could have been two years ago, you know, if they were in office then. Like that Trey Gowdy thing, I don't know when it was. I have no idea. I know when it was posted on YouTube, but anybody could do that today and make it look like it happened today when it didn't. So anyways, go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, No, point's well taken. It's just... It's just a confusing world out there. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, we can all get mistaken there. And, and yeah, that video opened up with a lot of screaming, so I understand why, why Vel turned the volume down. 
Yeah. I almost did too, but I kept it up and realized everybody's screaming in Japanese. There's not that many Japanese in Oroville. Uh, yeah. So uh, then I saw a couple of things happen on the screen that flashed back in my mind from all the Fukushima videos I watched way back in 2011. Yeah, you started to recognize things. And I started to recognize, oh, yeah, that's those are Japanese-shaped houses that are washing away in the mud. Yeah. Uh, that That's not Oroville construction. So uh, uh, anyway, that, that's when I realized, yes, some bonehead is just trying to freak people out by uh, posting stuff like that. And since neither Val nor me, I mean, we're both guilty here, we did not listen to the audio all the way through, maybe he introduced it by saying, this could happen in Oroville if the dam breaks. If he had put a disclaimer right at the front like that, then that would justify showing how bad floods can be and also how bad or how big the Oroville Dam is, I mean, that might be a justifiable reason to post those clips. But I didn't see a disclaimer like that at the start. He just starts out with uh, the Fukushima disaster, which happened to have taken, been taken from a camera angle showing mountains in the background that look surprisingly like the same mountains we have here in California. Yeah. So that's why I grabbed the visual and almost accepted it as truth there initially until I started noticing the type of, of structures that were being washed away. And and then I recognized the same group of people that somehow or another had planted in the back of my mind from, from a Fukushima video from many years ago. Oh, there's some lucky people who got out just in front of the wave. And you see the same cluster of people in this video clip. Okay. Well, there was also, there was a movie that was like that. Remember there was a movie, it was like, <clears throat> what was it, Deep Impact or something. There was something about a movie that showed a big tidal wave and the people were scrambling to get out of the way of it. <clears throat> I, I just don't, I don't understand the mentality of people who enjoy uh, pulling hoaxes on the public like that. Uh, well, they grief. they like the chaos. They like the fact that people will repeat it. It's like the you know when the able danger, um, it's it's names got put on television because they didn't bother to go any deeper. It was a huge laugh to everybody. It's it's arrogant elitism. Oh, I know yeah. something you don't. I just made you yeah. look like a fool. Oh, you're a yeah. fool. You just bought this lie. Well, you're the yeah. shithead liar that lied to me. Excuse me for getting vulgar, but. But some of this uh, it really ticks me off here. Uh, and, yeah, now we can jump over to Trump here. The, the same kind of baloney is going on with Trump. Uh, this, uh, what, former NSA agent claiming he'll die in jail. Um, sorry to say there, there's too much truth to, uh, to this story coming out. The uh, really? intelligence agencies are fighting a war against Trump. Uh, I better not name my sources because it's a federal offense to reveal the identity of a CIA agent. Mm-hmm. Just take my word for it. I've seen one dumping a lot of garbage against Trump that has no validity whatsoever, but he's shouting it from the mountaintop. This guy is a fool. He has no business being in that agency, 
and he's got no business doing the crap that he's doing right now. He is screwing up the country. And this is somebody who should be honoring his super high-level security clearance, and he's not. Well, we know that the people that are up there in those agencies, they're having a war themselves because there's more than well, one faction that's working against each other. Oh, that, that's what I've learned over the last, last 15 years when I, when I started yeah. dabbling in alternative energy, and I thought I was making progress when I met a, a high-level major in the Pentagon. And, oh, yeah, he was going to help get some technologies brought out in the open and help get me funding and offer me all this protection. And, and man, the biggest arrogant lie he told me is, uh, uh, well, of course, he used my first name at the time, and uh, uh, you, you now have the full protection of whatever military group he was in, and we'll leave it empty at the moment. Yeah, uh, six months later my office gets torched. Yeah. And my garage burns down with with years of memories in it. And I sent him a picture out my bedroom window of the melted thermometer on my window and the ashes, which used to be an office in a garage. And his only response was, that wasn't supposed to happen. Oh, thanks a lot. I just bit the bullet on a $100,000 loss here. You promised me military protection, and I didn't see squat. Yeah. So uh, I I then went on to learn half the people in the military don't know when to keep their pants on. And I've got to be blunt about that. You got half the jackasses wearing all this military garb who have no moral code whatsoever. And one of these jackasses married a Russian agent and was too stupid to know it. We've got an inside battle going on in the Pentagon with moron versus moron who are taught to, oh, obey your orders. That's the only thing you're taught in boot camp. Yeah, that's right. And then they go out and screw anything in a skirt and end up marrying, of all things, a Russian agent... That's that's what Desert Pete has encountered with all his high-level contacts here. Washington, D.C. Beltway is, as I implied several months ago on my Flush the Toilet, is nothing but a hideous cesspool. Calling it a swamp is is whitewashing it. Yeah. Uh, It is a cesspool that needs to get flushed. There is nobody in leadership, especially under Obama, that had any moral code whatsoever. So uh, anyway, it just angers me that all the, for those of us who had to work with, with high security clearances and respected it because we honored our country, and then to see what these high-level dip blanks do with the full control of the stuff that we carefully made in top secret and they take it and squander it with grotesque abuse of authority just angers me no end. And Trump has his hands full trying to clean up that mess, which kind of leads me to another question. I I really never read that much about Trump Incorporated. 
was he pretty much starting businesses from scratch? Trump? Trump, or did he do a lot of mergers? I really don't know everything about his model because I didn't follow it all, but I don't know. I thought he did most of his stuff by from scratch. I don't I don't remember ever hearing about him acquiring other companies, but yeah, cause the, it's possible the only re- because I didn't pay attention to that. I wouldn't have cared about that. Yeah, I knew yeah. that mostly he did real estate, so um, he may have bought already built properties and did things to them. Yeah, like the and, post office and, renovation he did down there in Washington, but otherwise I thought they were all new construction things pretty much. He, you know, would, yeah, like his w- golf courses and stuff, didn't he do the construction on those? Right, which in, in business terms means he was he was simply doing a vertical build on his own company. Uh, I, I think, think so, but I don't really know that. I don't know I, that for I sure. think the other business term is horizontal expansion means you get big by acquiring other companies. Yeah. Uh, well, Verizon did that with all the smaller cell companies that they ended up swallowing up just to become the, the biggest cell carrier in the country. Uh, they didn't get built by, big by building on their own. They got big by uh, by acquiring other cell companies. That's how Verizon got big. Yeah. Uh, in Trump's case... The reason I'm bringing up the the merger versus uh, building your own company is maybe this is the first big merger he's ever had to encounter. And in mergers, you have to deal with the idiosyncrasies of the company you just tried to swallow. And it could give you indigestion because as you acquire a new business, they had their own way of doing things, and if you come in as a new manager, you're not going to be well accepted. Well, the U.S. government, call it a corporation if you want, but it's a big company that had its own unique way of operating, and in comes a new manager with a new method of, oh, they happen to use honesty and integrity. Well, that's a process that we've never used before. We're just a back pack of criminals here who know nothing but uh, abuse of authority and uh, and killing our enemies. And in comes a business manager who says, no, you, you adapt to your, uh, to your new acquisitions and you try to be beneficial to everybody. Well, this government never understood that. They think we can go in and kill off half a country and take their oil and have no consequences versus a, legi- a legitimate business merger where somebody says, "Oh, both our business products can can work together," uh, oh, what's the word? Uh, synchronously or something like that. Uh, cohesively and uh, symbiotically. But, symbiotically, <laughs> yeah. And, and symbiosis the, or whatever. Take, take the two products and build a a better third product as a result. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. that I think was the the attempt that, that Trump was trying to do here. He is trying to do. But uh, no, he's he's adapted the the worst mafia on the planet, uh, and trying to clean that up, and trying to turn the mafia into a legitimate producing company, is a bit of a challenge. The reason he was elected was because he is who he is. I can't think of another person that could have gone in there and dealt with as much as he has already as yeah. quickly as he has. I mean, 
the the whole reason that they're all in a panic and why they're all like screaming at him every day is because they don't know what else to do. Look, the, when they're when they're talking about Russians like nonstop, like this is some big deal. It's just it's it's ludicrous, especially to people our age who saw actual threats. I mean, we didn't have like we didn't have to go around looking for a boogeyman because we already had one. You know, they didn't like start digging everywhere trying to find somebody to be scared of. There wasn't anything wrong with the Russians last year. Why is there something wrong with the Russians this year? It's because they have to have something to attack him with, and there isn't anything there. If there was, they would have brought it out during the campaign because they wanted Hillary to win. And they knew she was in trouble, even though they didn't want to admit it. They would have brought it out. They can't prove anything they say because there's nothing there. So they just make it up. Let the public believe it and repeat it and think they're going to harm him in some way. And I I doubt it because I don't think he cares. (laughs) That press conference today was unbelievable. Did you watch it? I bookmarked it and too many other important clips came up. And then suddenly the UDA show starts. And no, I haven't watched it yet. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Make sure you watch it. It was was pure entertainment. It was uh, really, really good. That's what he had. He had that uh, that the the big black woman. That's a reporter. I forget what her name is because they don't usually say their names anyway. But I've seen her on the press conferences. She's been there, you know, to ask questions and stuff at Sean Spicer's press conferences. But she said something about, "Are you going to include the CBC?" And he kind of looked at her, and I thought the same thing. What the heck is the CBC? Because I'm thinking CBC, Canadian Broadcasting Corporation, because we see that up here. So I'm thinking that. I'm thinking, what is she talking about? Then I thought, okay, wait a minute, CBC. Oh, and before she said it, I'm thinking Congressional Black Caucus. Black Caucus. Most people don't call it CBC. They don't know what that is, and he didn't really recognize it at first, And so she told him. And he said, I'd like to meet with them. Do you want to set that up? Well, now they're taking that and running with it as though he asked her that because she's black. And so, of course, all black people know all other black people. It's BS. I mean, it's such BS. I'm sure he heard that on the news tonight and just said, yeah, more of the same. Because yeah. the how ridiculous. The reason he said it was because she brought it up like, well, will you include the CBC with this? You know, when you start talking about the inner city things, and you know, that was basically the gist of it. And he said, do you want to set that up? And she, and she goes, well, I don't know. I'm No, I'm not, you know, I'm a reporter. I'm not like, she made some comment like that. And then he said, well, you know, okay, well, I would, I'd like to meet with them. And she goes, well, I know some of them or something. In the course of her saying it, she said, well, I know some of them. Well, no, duh. I mean, of course she knows some of them because of what she does for a living, for one reason. That's why and yes, because of her race, up. because they would have been promoting her, too, because they want to promote their race and, and put people in positions of you know more power. And it was just ridiculous. The whole thing was ridiculous how the press took that and spun that around to be that he, of course he would say to her that she must know them because they're black. How ridiculous. It never crossed my mind, and I'm sure it wouldn't have crossed most people's minds that were actually listening to the press conference today. Yet it's on TV already tonight while the pundits talk about what he said because they can't find anything. He did say one thing that a lot of us, because I listen to Howie Carr's show in the afternoon too, which is the one out of Boston, um, 
I listened to that too, and there were people that called in that said it. He said it, and we thought the same thing when we heard it was when he said, "Well, I could blow that Russian ship out of the water," because he was saying something about, as an example, you know, and this would be what you would think about it. He was trying to to tell them that he knows their game, and when I heard him say it, I went, "Oh my gosh, that'll be taken out of context for sure," about blowing the Russian ship out of the water. Now, did Howie Carr say that or Trump say that? No, it was Trump that said it. And I'm saying that Howie Carr and some of the people that called in all picked up on that and went, oh, no, like because he said it came out of his mouth. He said things that came out of his mouth that were immediately negating themselves because it's how he talks. Like he would say something like um, um, that he didn't do something and then he'd say he did do something or something in the same sentence. But it's because he has two different views of what he's talking about, like this this aspect of it and then this aspect of it. And he doesn't use, like, a lot of big words. He speaks in, you know, phrases that don't really make sense unless you're in the context of it. You can't, you can't get what it is from a written word. You, If you took the transcript of what he said today, some of it wouldn't make any sense. But when he was talking, he was getting it across to people. I mean, they knew what he meant. So I I was looking at that, too, and I was thinking, my gosh, he just said, yes, he did, and then he said, no, he didn't at the same time. It's like, huh? (sighs) I knew what he meant, but I'm sure they'll twist it, and they'll change it to something else. And that was his whole point, is that you guys twist this stuff, and you make some other story out of things that never happened, or you make stuff up purely. And he did call the CNN. He said, I have a new name for CNN. He said this to this, this guy. He had a whole long thing he talked to CNN people. Oh, it was really magnificent. He says, I've got a new name for CNN anyway. And so everybody was like, well, really? You know, they were trying to continue on. And he says, very fake news. And then they all, you know, the people just started laughing because it was funny. It was like being at a comedy club. And it the faces were unbelievable in that room. The ones that, you know, when they were shown, they weren't shown very much, but when they were, the people just didn't know what was happening. They were being taken to school. He said, I don't even care if you write, you know, bad stories about me or negative stories about me, but they need to be true. They can't be made up. So, yeah. it was pretty interesting. And a BBC guy stood up and he he asked a question. He says, oh, where are you from? The guy said, BBC. And he says, another beauty. Which is another one of his words. Okay. So he was he was somewhat combative with them, but he also was joking around with them too. He was just telling them, like a like a a person who would want to bring people back into a professional way of dealing with each other, that he doesn't he doesn't want to deal with them that way. It's like ask a question, and I don't mind answering it, but let's not make up stuff. Because they, they are. They're making up stuff. They don't have any background for it. They don't have any proof of anything. They're just saying it and spreading it around. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to mention my uh, my energy page again. In fact, I'll put the link up again in the chat. Uh, yeah. Uh, for anybody who is just listening to the program and not <laughs> looking at chat, it, my website is, is commutefaster.com, as I was pronounced. C-O-M-M-U-T-E-F-A-S-T-E-R dot com. 
and the only page that I update frequently is the energy page. So go to commutefaster.com and then look over on the right side. You'll see a purple link that goes to the energy page. Well, based on, on what I've learned here on UDA, um, I've added a permanent link in my column two is you go to the energy page, you'll see there's four columns of news, and it kind of ranges from the worst news on the far left to the best news on the far right. Um, column two is politics, good or good, bad or indifferent. Uh, and I've added two permanent links at the top of the column now that I'm just going to leave there for good. Uh, one goes to Donald Trump's Trump uh, Twitter feed, and the other goes to the whitehouse.gov. So if there's any question in the news on politics, just take a look at my energy page and go and say what, what Trump said himself or, uh, or what the official statement is from the White House. So, yep. um, I, uh, I don't like wading through my long list of bookmarks to find bookmarks, so that's kind of why I created the Commute Faster page. It's, it's nothing but the links that Desert Pete likes to go to frequently. <laughs> So I put them all on a web page, so I made that my home page, and I, I just know where I've, I've positioned everything, and uh, I can find most of my links pretty quickly that way. Yep, it's a good place to keep everything. Yeah, and that way I can browse the Internet with just my mouse and not having to type in different URLs and whatever all the time. Anything on that. Um, my own personal challenge of the week is, uh, I think we all live with like 29 cent balances in our checking accounts. Yeah. Uh, my web host that keeps commutefaster.com going just spontaneously billed me for a piece of software I didn't ask for. Are you hearing crackling on your phone? Yeah, I am. Me now, too. We have. Uh, and a little bit of an echo. I can hear myself a little bit, so I don't know what's going on, but hello to whoever's listening in. Yeah, I'm wondering if, if my rant on, on intelligence agencies may have, uh, have uh, picked up some additional listeners there. I don't know. But uh, the, uh, uh, I see we have rain clouds coming over the hill, so there's probably down line of, of my telephone wires probably a rainstorm going on right now. And that, I have uh, no doubt yeah. that that we get listened to either live or after the fact because of just who we know and what we do. Oh. Yep. Um, Associations, shall we say. I always say, welcome in. Go ahead and listen. I don't care. Yeah. Maybe you'll learn something. Cubicle well, dwellers, I call them. Uh, setting aside all my personal opinions, uh, my only message to uh, government or... Uh, uh, intelligence agencies, which both seem to be at odds with each other at the moment, uh, hmm. why don't both of you start doing your jobs and pay attention to the security clearance that you agreed to and stop this infighting? That's that's Desert Pete's message to anybody who may be listening tonight. Well, it's the, it's oh. the whole idea that they're going to get some something important to use again because... Why would they care otherwise? It's not like, you know, listening in on somebody who's talking about things that are actually happening in the world, like the press conference of the president or 
or you know the corruption that's going on in a particular state or a catastrophe disaster type thing waiting to happen out in California or the pipeline stuff all that stuff's all known anybody can go and read it and know about it that's all we really talk about on here anyway what they need to be doing is looking into the people that are plotting against the government that are in there trying to uh, kill off anybody who has any power that they don't like um, and that's what they need to work on is, is all that stuff. Just get back in their little shadowy world and deal with these people and put the, put the United States back right the way it's supposed to be, and we'll all be good. Everything will be good. Yeah. Just go by the Constitution because that's what we're supposed to be living under, well, not I, all these other things that they've come up with in the meantime to try to uh, screw over the global commoners, as they call us, the global commoners, the, just the regular people that are just trying to live their life and be left alone. I've, I've just got to blow the lid on how petty the NSA group is and how it's they act like a bunch of high school kids. They probably are high school kids. Because I can't imagine they have a lot of grown-ups doing that job. Well, here's my case in point. Like I say, my, my focus for the last 15 years has been on alternative energy and researching a bunch of bizarre technologies that could get us electricity nice and cheap. Yeah. Uh, and so I'm researching this technology and that, and I'm all over the place. And a prominent name in that field happens to be Dr. Stephen Greer. Say what I you will about him, the, the UFO guy. Yeah. Um, somebody I met, be careful how I frame this. Boasted about having a lot of friends in NSA who could uh-huh. get her anything that she asked them for. Uh, fine. Uh, do what you want with it. And just out of proof of this arrogant person's claim, she emails me a bunch of pictures of Stephen Greer naked. <laughs> nice. What do I want with that crap on my email? I not only deleted it from my computer, I went back to my email server and made sure I deleted that garbage. Yeah. NSA can big up dig up naked pictures of anybody anywhere and provide them to your alleged enemies or anybody who wants to come up with a story on you. I don't know what webcam they found him in front of. Maybe he was just stepping out of the shower into his bedroom or something and didn't realize his, his uh, webcam was sitting there on his on his laptop. Well, I don't know. If they've bugged and cameraed everybody's motel rooms in some of these hotels, like we've yeah, heard but from I'm, people, then um, of course they would have it. They'd have everything they want on anybody. Yeah, well, what gets me is I'm a straight Christian guy. I got no business having that on my email box. It almost sounded like it almost seemed like planted evidence. But uh, I know whose email it came from, and they should know better than doing garbage like that. But those are the idiotic games that these kids in NSA pull, and that's just what uh, uh, Snowden said was going on. So uh, they've got no sense of responsibility. 
they don't have a clue what that that crazy security clearance was that they signed to get the job in the first place. So, uh, no, it's a stinking mess from top to bottom. D.C. Beltway is a cesspool. It's not a swamp. It's a cesspool. It's the downstream from your... from your septic tank. Yeah. Uh, there, there is very little credibility there, but they've got all the this power in the world. And for to get a comment from somebody who knows somebody in NSA, and to arrogantly prove to me they can snatch up naked pictures of anybody, almost anywhere. That that nauseates the daylights out of me. Uh, I'll let everybody take whatever opinion you have of Stephen Greer. I, I have differences of opinion with him. Uh, I'm sure not going to go spreading garbage about him. Uh, people who who have la- who have bad integrity end up destroying themselves, and I sure don't have to create any lies or any stories about them. So I'll let Greer preach whatever he wants to preach, and I'll preach what Desert Pete preaches, and we'll we'll go our own ways here. But uh, somebody who wanted to stir up a mess in the middle of our potential differences to go sending me garbage like that, get your head on straight. Well, you have to wonder whether or not they are just so screwed up from working in those places because... That that's how they keep compliance. That's how they keep people together. They just tell them that you know you're you're in, and if you let on what we're up to, then you're out, and it's not going to be good. They so they 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 stay in and they do what they're told. You know, I feel bad for the fact that a lot of these people were compromised when they were young because they didn't realize they were going to be compromised. I mean, that stuff when when you know, they're taken to these parties and stuff, and they think they're just going to a party with their friends. And the next thing you know, they're involved in something, and they have to, you know, buy the rest of their life. Mm-hmm. It's, it must be horrible. I know it would have been easy. It would have been easy to get people at that age back when we were in college because there were so many people that were, trust, you know, trusting anybody. They'd get right in the car with somebody and take a trip across the country. You know, they had no reason to think they were in any danger of any kind or that somebody was going to be compromising them for the rest of their life. I'm sure they felt like they were okay to do that. I did some of those things. I didn't go to a place like that, thank God, but I could have. I went to people's places that I didn't know the people because I trusted who I was with. So... That's how they do it. They bring you in with somebody else that's already compromised, and they just bring you in, and you walk into it. It's a trap. Pretty sad. No. I don't know what can be done about it other than maybe if there's anybody still left that can be saved in that bunch of people, maybe they just need to have some type of an amnesty or forgiveness for whatever it is they were involved in when they were 25 years old that is hanging over their head. It would have to be known. It'd have to come out because there's no way to to clean it out without it being exposed. 
So if they're involved in some of this stuff with the, you know, these scandals that are just under the surface right now that everybody's researching on the, the human trafficking and stuff, they're going to have to say, yeah, I've been involved in that or I you know, got money from that system or something. They're going to have to do something about it because it's going to come out anyway. So they either can help it or they can just be, you know, rounded up with the rest of them, I guess. But there's people that are not going to tolerate that whatsoever. And if the government, the you know, the Department of Justice doesn't come forth with some stuff, there's people out there you just know that they're plotting right now what they're going to do about it because they can't take it. They don't like the idea of it that right now there's kids being tormented or tortured or murdered by these people. Adults too, but the kids are the ones that they're the most worried about. It's like, save those kids. Get them the hell out of there. They know about it and aren't doing anything? What the heck? How do they go to bed at night? You know, so something's got to give. And um, you know, we know that this exists because we've we've heard it from people that we trust. Yeah. So we well, know it's true. It's not like we have to have it proven. We already know it's true. We just don't know the extent of it or where it is. But we know it's true that it's happening. So. And for those of us disjointed from uh, from government, uh, we we just have to keep praying to keep that Trump and and his. And his new crew just just stays safe and uh, can get their job done. Uh, yeah, I was, uh, was starting to talk about this bank overcharge I got hit with, and I interrupted myself. The uh, yeah, so this this web host. In order to host a website, uh, these web hosting companies all do this. So it's not like Desert Pete is a dummy for signing a dumb contract. You can't host a website unless you agree to automatic billing to an electronic bank account. Yeah. Is the only way they will host a site. And looking back on it, I think life insurance companies started doing this back in the 90s. They made you sign a blank check over to them if you wanted to open a, a, a new health or, or life insurance policy. And they submitted this pre-signed blank check to your bank every month to make sure that they got their payment on time. They were doing that back in the 90s, and then it became automatic electronic billing to your to your credit card uh, and or debit card. And so my my web host, I agreed to the X number of dollars every six months to handle the hosting, and that's all I agreed to. But then they up and install some special software on my website that I have no use for and say, well, your old software was uh, was out of date and you had to have an update. And I'm going, I was never using that software to begin with. What are you doing billing me for software I've never even used? Well, okay, they agreed. Uh, and so they're going to reverse the charge seven days from now. So they're using 20-some dollars of my money until then. Well, that was just enough to set my bank balance over its limit. 
and and that triggers $35 a charge uh, extra overcharge fees. So now my bank balance is in the red, thanks to uh, some company billing for some uh, really abusing their power. They had authority to bill for annual services, nothing more. Yeah. But they had my card on file, and so hey, let's sell them the software. Bang. Well, then they need to give you back your overdraft charge, I would say. Well, I asked them for it, and the guy stopped talking. He just wouldn't say yes or no. So uh, i got to take it up with my bank. And yeah. I tell you, if, if my bank won't refund that, I'm going after this company with Visa International and saying this company is abusing their merchant account by selling customers stuff they didn't order. Why is their merchant account still active? They have no right to be able to bill anyone if they're going to bill for things that are not agreed to. So that that they they just push themselves into a more serious corner to to if they lose their merchant account, they're out of business. So anyway, the trouble is now it's going to be a long battle, and in the meantime, I've got them and my bank sitting on X number of dollars of my money that I can't use until the two of them settle their differences, and I'm stuck in the middle. So that that's pretty annoying. Then the other bank issue thing happened to me today. Uh, I saw something I I really could use uh, that. If I hadn't been in the middle of this overdraft problem, I would have been able to afford it. Uh, and when I went to their ordering page, they only accept credit cards, not debit cards. Well, that's like the rental cars. You can't exactly. get a car with that. Yeah. Exactly. So the banks are pushing, on a, push, pushing us all into a corner. They're getting us away from cash. They're getting us away from checks. And then they're going to be getting us away from credit, from uh, from debit cards, and making everything. Oh, you have to have overdraft protection on it, and here here kicks in the twenty three percent credit card interest every time you use it. Yeah. Uh. So yeah, it's a it's a banker caused cons- conspiracy that's that's just out to do do in all of us, and this is annoying. So I just wanted to state my discontent on the show tonight that bankers are trying to do it doing all of us and the merchants know. that, the, that abuse their authority of charging you for things you didn't even want yep, that, I hear you. Beyond. Uh, yeah that that's my short list tonight so i don't know maybe this is going to be a short show tonight but uh uh yeah we have rains coming here and I, I see some clouds over the hill as, as the show began tonight. So uh, that that's probably what's clicking on the on the phone. Could be. There's an awful lot of clicking on the line. Yeah, some of the clicks are getting louder, so it may go dead any moment here. So if it does, that that's all I had important to say tonight. So uh, if we get cut off, I won't bother to call back. Well, it's irritating thinking that they're in there clicking away, but... I don't know why they would let you know they're listening anyway. Just because it's fun? I don't know. I don't know. Well, as I say, we do have a storm over the hill, and it might be weather-related, given the okay. rural location that I'm at. So 
I, I don't want to falsely accuse <laughs> some, I know. some government it's agents like, of uh, doing just something. Just because we're paranoid doesn't mean they're not out to get us. <laughs> Pre- precisely, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Oh, you you were mentioning uh, interviews of of Norman Dodd tonight. I, I put a yeah. comment there in the chat that uh, those interviews done back in the fifties and sixties, those were not easy to do. They didn't have portable camcorders back then. And uh, like when when Stan Monteith, Doctor Stan Monteith, did did his interview of of Norman Dodd, he had to rent sixteen millimeter motion picture camera, uh, portable sound equipment. And that was not easy stuff to to hook up. You had pilot tones to worry about, and that's why motion pictures always have the big clapboard at the start uh, to be able to synchronize the soundtrack with the uh, with your film. And uh, then it takes a knowledgeable editor to line everything up and, and get everything going right. And so, so those interviews of Norman Dodd are classic, and somebody hauled in a lot of equipment to do those. Uh, so anyway, I just have a lot of respect for for the the audiovisual guys of the past who uh, who uh, who got classic situations on film for us uh, for us to enjoy in our our YouTube clips uh, many years later. Uh, that's about it uh, from my end. Unless you got any other questions for the West Coast. Um, I wanted to ask you about that Elon Musk thing, if you heard what I was reading, about the uh, AI interface to the brain and all that stuff that he seems to be like going off into almost a transhumanism kind of thing where people would be part Borg or something. Well, I got mixed reactions on Musk. He's uh, he's done some good things and then some things I, I really don't like. And artificial intelligence, I thought he was the one who warned against it. I'm, I'm getting my, my Silicon Valley billionaires confused at times. Uh, I just know one of them launched a little mini-sermon a few months ago saying that artificial intelligence is going to destroy all of us. And I thought that was Elon Musk, but it could have been somebody else from up there. Uh, but his obsession with autopilot cars really annoys me. Uh, I was a big fan of the, the Tesla S. Uh, it was fantastic from a reliability standpoint and from range for an electric car. And then he came up with a fast charge, so it was no longer a, a plug it in and leave it all leave it run all night. Uh, sucking power from your 240-volt connection, uh, that now you can get charged in about three hours uh, for a 300-mile trip. Uh, and so he's come up with some, some fantastic technologies. But his obsession with this autopilot is just uncalled for. I don't think the public wants it. I wonder if he's an alien. Do we know if he has parents? The reason I say that is because, and I'm talking about the other alien, not the kind that come from Mexico or from overseas well, somewhere. I'm talking about the kind of alien that came from off planet. Because he, honestly, I'm starting to see people, and I've said this before, that I wonder if they are people. Because they're extremely brilliant, but they're like, odd. <laughs> he's, maybe he's Maybe he wants to come and, and introduce Borgs to the Earth's surface or something. I don't know. He's just really bizarre, though. 
I'll I'll just credit him by saying that he's one of the few really rich people who have actually done a few things productive with his money, rather than yeah. going out and promoting vaccines like Gates and other stupid stuff like that, or or Peter Thiel who uh, who wanted to build a a floating island. Uh, to run his his software company from that would be just outside the international zone from the U.S. so that he could bring in all these cheap PhDs from India and not have to worry about immigration. That was his intent. Oh, that's really brilliant, Peter. Uh, you know what a, what they call a floating island? It's called a boat. You know yeah. what boats do in hurricanes? They fall apart or they sink. Yeah. Uh, a floating island out in international waters off San Francisco is not really a brilliant idea, but he wanted to sink a couple of billion dollars into that stupid idea. So uh, Peter Thiel is not all there uh, in, intellectually, and uh, I don't have much good to say about him. I'm surprised he, he ended up being a Trump supporter because uh, most of his ilk was behind uh, Hillary. Uh so, as far as backing artificial intelligence, Teal might be doing that more than Musk. But, again, Musk just has this weird obsession with autopilot cars, and it's nothing I ever want to buy. And I have a hard time believing he's going to find a market for it. Uh, I can't imagine anybody thinking that would be safer than a person. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if it's if it's... A true autopilot car on a on a roadway that's only for autopilot cars, like nothing else would be there, just that. Then that's a train. I mean, it's a diff- It's not yeah. a car anymore. Right. Exactly. Or a, or a carnival ride or something. Well, but you I, can't mix something together that a car that is not a human being could suddenly decide. Okay, this is what I need to do now because. There's always that unpredictability thing, something that doesn't belong there, something that doesn't have the same density or whatever. I mean, if it's based on that, which I would imagine it is, to know how to avoid things is like either a sensor or that could malfunction, or it's sensing density of some other object that maybe is an odd object that it didn't have in its programming, whatever. Exactly. Now, Uh, I've, I've discussed what that other airline pilot taught me, that airlines keep a thousand feet of distance between each other when they're going transatlantic and and whatnot and even though they want both want to fly the same routes their their electronics keep them a thousand feet apart well that's well and good in airspace but when you're on the ground you got millimeters between you and something did you see that near miss with harrison ford that was on the news the other night Exactly. I thought that was funny as ever. Han Solo lands on the wrong runway. He landed He landed on a taxiway. That's it. He crossed right over it. They showed the simulation of what he did, and he he went right over the top of that 737. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, my gosh. Oh, but then I, I saw another story this week of a... Uh, uh, a short hop airline. It was uh, it was a jet, but it was a smaller jet. Was taken off from I think Charlotte, uh, Tennessee, and just on liftoff, a deer runs in front of the runway. Yeah. And the wing, the wing or something, uh, nicked the deer on liftoff. Yeah. 
so yeah, autopilot is great once you get up to altitude, but when you're millimeters away from something physical, no, it's up to the pilot to see, oh, that's a deer running in front of me. I better turn. <laughs> uh, well, here, I mean, I don't know if it is the same at every airport because it probably has varying um, hazards or whatever, but here in Bangor, we see the truck. We see like it's like a pickup truck or whatever that that drives on the runway checking it for anything that might be on the runway, including animals. Yeah. And it's before, before I guess, must be a certain interval they use or something because they're not there all the time, obviously, but they check it. They check the runway, and it's yeah. probably for that because we have deer all over the place here, deer well, and moose. They have to, and, and don't forget that's why the, uh, the Concorde went down over in France was uh, a piece of uh, the, the aerospace term. It's called FOD, F-O-D, which stands for Foreign Object Debris, yeah. uh, which simply means any type of clutter on any type of anything on the runway that's not bare concrete or maybe wet surface is about the only thing permissible on the runway for a plane to touch. Uh, and apart from the airplane right in front of the Concorde lost a piece of metal trim fell on the runway and there was no inspection between flights and as the Concorde was taking off its wheels hit that piece of trim, kicked it up and threw it right into a fuel tank. Yeah. And that down the whole plane in flames. Um so that that's the tragic thing about uh dealing with physical touching. I mean as soon as a Concorde got up to altitude and on autopilot they were nice safe aircraft but uh yeah uh but somebody didn't see that piece of metal sitting there on the on the pavement well i think they said i don't know if they played the actual recording or not but um i think they said that harrison ford said is that was that 737 supposed to be there in yeah. other words he thought they made a mistake it was like uh yeah, yeah they were waiting to take off oh. Exactly. That, that that's why Desert Pete is not a pilot. I uh, it's way too confusing. Uh, uh we had I don't know if I ever told this story on here before, but we had back in the seventies we had a lot of activity here. Our airport was so busy then because it's where they came in from Europe to clear customs. It was their first place to hit the United States. So we had lots of flights and it was round the clock. And um I had my um, scanner on a lot. I used to listen to scanner traffic at night because I enjoyed it, and I wanted to know what was going on, like usual. In the city, I wanted to know if it was anything dangerous was happening, probably my mommy instincts, you know, taking care of my kids and stuff. But um, And my husband worked at the airport then, too, so it was like we were always interested in anything that had to do with flights. So we hear them talking about somebody who was on final approach to... Broadway, which is one of the straight, fairly straight streets, it was busy then, but not as, I mean, Ooh. now it's very congested most of the time, but back then it was just a pretty busy street, but at night it wouldn't have been that busy. So they had lined up on the wrong thing. They had lined up on the, they thought it was the runway, and it wasn't. It was one of the streets. Yeah. And it was like, uh, no, 
you're not, we don't see you, right? It's like, we don't see you. My gosh, if they'd come down and, and tried to land there, that would have been a heck of a mess because I don't know if it's wide enough. I mean, it was like, how could you mistake it? But apparently they could back then. They could mistake where they were. It was probably before all the instruments were used all the time for, like, foggy nights or whatever. Again, that's why Desert Dream is not a pilot, nor do I have any desire to be one. And if God blesses me with enough wealth to ever get my own private plane, it will have a pilot and co-pilot to double-check each other (laughs) as as we're up uh, navigating around there. Uh, Case in point of something that, oh, just freaked me out the first time I looked at it, Anybody can do it. You can get on Google Earth and look up uh, Charles de Gaulle Airport in uh, Paris. Uh, that airport has been expanded two or three times, and each time they don't move out to another end of town and build a bigger runway. No, they just build more runways close to the first batch of runways they had. Uh-huh. And the aerial view of Charles de Gaulle Airport is hideously complicated with all the zigzag big, long runways going anywhere imaginable. And I was talking to my pilot friend who who did normal uh, flights to European uh, uh, cities. And I asked him, have you ever flown into Charles de Gaulle? Oh, yeah, he flew in all the time. Do you have any navigation problems? Oh, no. Instruments got him right in. <laughs> uh, he says the, the only annoying thing, and this this is something we can all be concerned about, having driven cars, is uh, if he's flying red-eye, yeah, you leave the United States at night, and he's coming into Paris right at dawn. And if he has to come into a runway that's pointed east, he's staring straight into the sun as he's trying to bring this big jumbo jet down. Uh, he says, no, that is not comfortable to uh, to have to do that. But once again, relying on heavily on instruments and and a good sun visor <laughs> he, he's able to bring it in uh, and and every time brought it in safe every time but uh, uh oh it's just the worst time of day to fly is when the sun is straight in your eyes on the yeah. horizon uh and it's just real difficult to get the visor positioned right to block the sun and still see the the pavement you're trying to aim at but no, Elon Musk's obsession with autopilot, man, just as a human driver, I've I've encountered lighting situations where you're kind of at twilight, you sure don't have direct sunlight, and it's an overcast day, maybe raining, and the rain on the pavement hides all the paint, so you can't even see the painted line. How is a computer going to navigate through that? If sensors can't even find the painted line, especially if it's a construction zone and the painted line does not take you through the shape of the road, uh, I, I just see too many obstacles where a computer is going to get somebody killed rather than help the situation. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. So... Uh, on it goes. Uh, that's about it for me tonight. So I need to get back to all the videos I have bookmarked here. I need to watch. Uh, I was uh, looking for the length of the runway in Bangor, and it is 
um, what does it say? I would oh meters it must be feet or meters. It's eleven thousand four hundred and forty feet. That's how long the runway is. Yeah, I was gonna say that I already knew Bangor was a big one. It was over ten thousand feet, so yeah, eleven. It's a long runway and and the the um the um reason for that apparently is because of it being an Air Force base previously. Uh-huh. It was closed in nineteen sixty eight as Dow Air Force Base. And it was um, very active as a base. It was one of the more active ones. So it, it's a really, and it holds heavy-duty stuff. It's not like a lightweight runway of any, it's a very heavy-duty runway. So yeah. when those big planes come in, they can. <laughs> and they have lots of room to land if they, you know, have any issues. They can go all the way to Herman, which is the town that's at the other end of it, the runway. So it's kind yeah. of kind of an interesting place, and like I I had said before, when um, people were saying, you know, how how much could you observe here? You could observe a lot because the final approach comes right down over our downtown, um, and across our there's a spur for the interstate called 395 for I 95. 395 goes out towards Holden and and further if people were headed to Bar Harbor or the coastal area down there. And um it comes right across that. So like if you're if you're just driving downtown on Main Street you could see what's coming in or you head out on three ninety five to head towards um either out to Herman on the other end or to Holden towards where they would be going towards Bar Harbor, goes across the river to Brewer to Bar to uh, Holden and then you would continue on down to Bar Harbor through Ellsworth. Um, there's there's all this visibility. In fact, if you're entering I-95 to go north from 395, the planes will be right over your head. They actually have a sign that says overhead air traffic or something because people would, like, panic and go off the road if they didn't know that they were there because all of a sudden they've got a jet over their head. You know, yeah. like some of, the, some of the ones that used to be here were the fighters. I mean, they, they, you'd see fighters all the time. So you'd be like driving, and what is that noise? And all of a sudden, they're right over your roof of your car, that low. And back then, as you were coming onto the interstate towards um, Hammond Street exit, you could actually look down the length of that runway from the interstate. You, it was flat, so you could see everything. Now they've built up a berm there, so that I guess for visibility reasons or security or whatever. But back in those days, I mean, you could sit on the side of the road and have the planes fly right over your head. You could be looking at their landing gear, and they'd be landing there, and you could see everything. You could see the entire thing from them landing to taxiing. And um, and the, the streets, like Hammond Street, like I said, you, if you were on Hammond Street, just driving along there where there's hotels and, you know, little eat eating places. It's not a real built-up area, but it's mostly for people that are traveling because it's right near the interstate. So there's, you know, some hotels and a few restaurants and stuff there. They um, they would, um, some piece of equipment just went by. People, they, you would be able to see everything. And like I said, you know, we might be driving down Hammond Street. It, it ends on the road that runs next to the runway area. So you, you're driving down the street and you see 
this huge cargo plane right there. It's like that was the day that we stopped and talked to somebody and said, what the heck is that? And they said, oh, that's Russian. And we're like, holy cow, it was huge. And we're like, so we're, we're doing like some kind of business with Russia? Oh, yeah, it's military equipment and stuff. I mean, it's like nobody knows this in the general public, and we're sitting here looking at the thing. It's like I don't know how many hundreds of feet away from us, but huge. I mean, we sit there, tell you the tail number, you know, the whole works. And it's right out in the open. It's right there in your face. And so, you know, a lot of people back in the old days, I mean, we did it with our kids too. We'd go out there and eat lunch, you know, eat supper or something, let the kids run around on the lawn and look at all the jets and have a great time. Well, there's no there's no secrecy of anything going in or out out there. There isn't any. I mean, if they land and you didn't see them land, then you might not see them again because, like, the ones that are attached to the um, Air National Guard out there, the main 101st refueling wing, that's the ones that go in out, go up and refuel, you know, the flights in the air. Um, they might have something come in there to the base that they don't want people to see, and they might taxi it out of sight. But when it lands, you see it. And in the middle of the night, we hear stuff sometimes going in and out in the middle of the night, like 2 or 3 in the morning when most people are asleep. But back in the old days, it was a busy airport, and there was all kinds of traffic, commercial and military, everything going on back in the 70s, round the clock. So you wouldn't even notice it because you'd hear the noise so often. Pretty interesting. Is that, you know, yep. I know when stuff's going on because... Either there'll be a local news story or or I'll hear something. Though right after, um, I shouldn't have put candy in my mouth because I'm going to sound funny. Um, right after Trump came into office, right after the inauguration, there was a storm here and some people got stranded and I didn't say anything about it because I didn't know what it might be about and I wasn't going to anything that would you know possibly cause harm to anyone but they put it on the news they put it right on the local news they had these these military guys out there stranded at the airport and they i believe they said they came from sacramento they came from somewhere out west and they said and their destination is classified so they were here like overnight because of, of weather and i don't know if it was that that uh Thing that happened over there in Yemen. Maybe that's where they were going. I don't know. But I thought it was very weird, and I never said anything because I figured, well, if their destination is classified, why did you even mention it at all? Because saying it's classified makes people go, oh, I wonder what's going on, right? Yeah. But that's what they said on the local news that night, and I was like, oh, my God, why don't you just shut up, you know? They didn't have to say where they were from or where they were going. They could have just said, we have some military people here that were stranded in the weather. No one would have thought anything of it. So, I don't know. We did we did hear military um, extra, you know, more than normal, because we haven't had much lately going on around here. But we heard military... Um, several times within a few days of that, and all I could think of is, yep, Mattis is doing what he's supposed to be doing, which is taking care of some stuff. 
that hasn't been. So I haven't heard anything the past week, really. Nothing, nothing too much going on as far as I can tell that's going through here, but... Yeah, well, same here on the West Coast. Our activity this week has been pretty much the the normal routines. Uh, a week ago, we had a sonic boom, middle of the morning. Yeah. Uh, somebody was in a hurry to get somewhere, but then again, maybe they were just testing equipment. I don't know. Yeah. But uh, no, not, nothing freaky happening on on air traffic in the last few weeks here. No, we're we're proud of our guys. We do, you know. There, there's a very strong sentiment towards our guys <laughs> flying or anything else. They have, you know, a long-standing tradition at this point because it's been going on since I think the probably the first. What was the first one? The first one wasn't Desert Storm, right? It was earlier than that. There was another one earlier than Desert Storm, wasn't there? Oh, uh, I've lost. I'm not track. sure now, but no, I think Desert Storm was the first one, but I've already forgotten. Well, anyway, it was somewhere back in that time period. I think is when they started having the troop greeters at the airport who meet every flight they can possibly get out to. Yeah, Bush one convinced us that uh, that rescuing Kuwait was. Uh, a step forward for the new world order, and we didn't know what new world order meant back then. The snowblowers out there. Yeah, we've got somebody going out in front of the house with a snowblower. So they're uh, maybe they're doing something about the sidewalks at this point. We got oh. kids walking in the road up here. Ridiculous. Little kids walking in the road because they haven't done the sidewalks because they said they couldn't. They didn't have enough money. I don't well, know what they're doing now. Weather oh. reminds me. I, I do have a, a, a rather funny human interest story. Actually, a pet interest story uh, from from Trona. Uh, I have to bell and perk up your ears for this one. Uh, <laughs> in part of my yard, I, I don't do anything in... Uh, Ants started building a big ant hill, and just out of courtesy to other species, I always kind of step around them. And they aren't doing me any harm. They're not invading the house, so let them chomp away at what whatever they want to do in life. It's an ant. Uh, over the years, the hill's gotten a little bigger and bigger. Uh, but something funny happened this year. Um last couple of years a type of flower that the previous homeowner had planted in quantity and then we had the drought and they all just kind of died off and I didn't see them for a while then we got a little rain and they started coming back uh, it's I forget what the, the word is it's it's not a cactus but it has a little tiny white flower sort of like a daisy hmm. on it that's only about a quarter inch in diameter is the the flower uh but the uh the body of the plant is is red uh hmm. it's not really a leaf it hard to describe what it's like uh, I forget what kind of plant to compare it to uh in any event uh, that 
type flower started sprouting up within the last couple of years each each spring and uh it's pretty and just let it go wild uh something funny happened over the last dry spell when those flowers died out and went to seed the ants apparently found them to be delicious and kept hauling the seeds back to their hill and once they munched what they wanted to out they discarded it around the edge of their anthill so here we are valentine's day was tuesday what just sprouts up out of the sand but this huge i mean like five six foot diameter heart-shaped red ring (laughs) well green right now once the plant matures it'll be red yeah. A red and green ring around this anthill that's heart shaped and it sprouted on Valentine's Day. <laughs> so I'm thinking, well, out of out of the courtesy of me me stepping around and not squashing the anthill, my aunt, my my pet ants just sent me a Valentine. <laughs> yeah, I saw did I see that somewhere? I wonder that sounds like something I just saw this week. Uh I wonder if someone took a picture of it. I uh I forget if if I emailed that to you or or who I sent it to. I know I sent it to another friend, but uh uh anyway, I'll have to go through my uh my records and, and email it to you, but I thought that was funny. Very. <laughs> getting, the, getting the valentine from from your from your pet ants. <laughs> pet ant farm stuff. So. Yep. Uh, okay, that's about the end of my dialogue for the week. So, uh, yeah, I'm pretty much talked out myself tonight. I uh, it's been a stressful week, like I said, and I'm just like, uh, I don't even know what direction I want to go in. I get in that kind of I don't know what to call it, stirred up and like flummoxed is all I can think of as flummoxed, like when you're just like in a state of confusion. Because you don't know what to do next. I'm a goal-oriented person, so it's hard for me not to have an ability to go towards a goal. I've always had something I'm doing, you know, and it's just I feel like I'm just like going one direction. Nope, that's not going to work. Going this direction. Nope, that's not going to work. And I'm pretty flexible, too, <laughs> but I'm having a hard time because it's well, just... I, I just I... want to say the heck with it and go hide somewhere in the woods and just stay there because I'm just I'm tired of it. And I know I'm not the only one because everybody I talk to is pretty much in the same frame of mind right now. It's just I'm just tired of it. I've had enough of it. This is not really funny anymore. Oh. I'm enjoying some of watching things play out. That's about it because I don't really feel like I'm accomplishing a whole lot in driving anything forward other than just continuing to you know, talk about what I see that's corrupt. That's about it. What else can I do? I'm certainly not running for office or anything because I couldn't stand to be around these people for any length of time. I, I couldn't. I just couldn't do it. I'd be having to tell them to their face what I think. (laughs) I I can't agree enough. I mean, you you set your goals and then you try to establish an incremental plan to reach that goal. And every increment you step on is a landmine. Yeah. And then what do you do? You like you say, you try this, it doesn't work. You you move 
two inches to the left, you try that, and there's another landmine. And Well, I, they're being sat in front of us. That's how I feel about it, and I don't think that's just like me being, you know, paranoid or whatever. I see it happening to other people. It's like, okay, they're doing good, so let's put this there now. Well, why would you change it? Why would you change it? There's no reason to. So why would you change it so that you screw up a bunch of people in what they're trying to get done? And the only thing I can think of is because it gives them an advantage to do that. That's why they do it. They want their friends to have the advantage or their group to have the advantage, and the heck with you. Yeah. Like this Internet company, I'd never had billing problems with it before. Why did they suddenly completely abuse authority and and tradition and bill me for something I never bought out yeah. of a clear blue sky? Why? And naturally they do it when I happen to have about a 39-cent balance in that checking account. And so any charge that comes in is going to cause an over- overdraft. Oh. Uh, why at this time? Why didn't you hit me right after I made a large deposit or something, and then I could have seen it and, and challenged it and had it corrected? No, they do it when my balance is right down to the bottom. Uh, you're right. Too, time, too many times this, this smells like, like intentional sabotage, not just an accidental bad day. But yeah. uh, what do you do? You just... Go to bed and get up the next day, and it's another day. So, that's well, how it somebody is. had given me the advice that I should, you know, go and talk to the city council or whatever. And I'm like, the the thing is that I would be standing in front of people that I had in school as students, who were personal friends of my children. One of them who had a relationship with one of my children. I mean, it's it's weird in Maine. It's just weird. So I'm like. I really don't want to have to do that. I really don't want to have to do that. But what's going on in our city is really screwy, and it's you know it's not the only place in Maine that it's like that. I'm just burnt out. I don't want to even. I don't really even want to deal with this city anymore. That's how the extent it's gotten to at this point. Because why you know when you live in a community, you want to be part of it, and I have been my almost my whole adult life. And I'm just sick of it. I'm sick of the the way things have taken a turn, and these people are not working for the benefit of the people of this city. They're working for the benefit of themselves and their friends. And it's just as plain as day if you've lived here for a long time. But the people that came late, you know, they think everything's great. It's wonderful. They think it's just perfect. And it's really, you know, we can see what's going to happen, and we can see what's coming in the future, and it's not going to be good because what they're doing is they're spending their money kind of like Jerry Brown. They're spending it on stuff that isn't their responsibility, and they're not taking care of their responsibilities because of it. So you've got people like me that are sitting here saying, um, you know, some things are supposed to happen because of the... uh, residents paying property taxes. There are some things that are supposed to happen and they're not happening. And why is that? We know why, because they're taking that money and they're putting it downtown on development so that they can have their, what they call their entertainment corridor. They can have their bars and they can have their little hole-in-the-wall little sub shops or whatever that their friends own. And these concerts downtown, and the concerts, you know, the people love them that go to them 
But now we have all kinds of problems down there. Some I haven't talked about this on here, but some of the things that have happened, some of the small businesses couldn't keep going because of different things that happened. One of them was they took a lot of months. I don't think it was last summer. I think it was the previous one, but I'm not sure now because it blended those two years together. But they decided they were going to do a sewer um, improvement project in the middle of downtown. We don't have a really big downtown here. It's like basically is Main Street and a few little surrounding small streets. But it's Main Street. That's it. There isn't anything else. Bangor's not condensed like it was in the 1800s. It was a huge port and very busy then and had all kinds of activity everywhere. Now it's that's the little downtown little niche, and then you have the mall area, which is sprawling. All the chains and everything are out there. <coughs> but they put they put like all their eggs in that basket. They brought all their friends in. Everybody got all excited, and they were probably in their 30s or whatever. Lots of energy, entrepreneurship, the whole deal. You know, grants, everything they could throw at it. And what's happening is some of these people, their businesses have failed and they've left. So now some of the places are starting to get vacant again. So their vibrancy that they wanted is starting to leave. But now they're talking about wanting to rebuild where the bus is dropped off. They've talked about this off and on for the past several years because they don't like it that people hang out down there waiting for the bus. That's the whole point of a bus stop, a bus terminal or whatever. That's the whole point is that they hang out and wait for the bus and get on it and go wherever they need to go. But now they want to move it somewhere because it doesn't match their ambiance for their upscale, you know, youngish adults. And in the meantime, while all this stuff's going on, the 30-somethings are now getting to be 40-somethings, and now they don't come downtown. They don't want to go to the bars anymore. They're not, they have their families, and things have changed, and it's like they can't see the future. They still think they can do this plan that they thought was so great when they were in their 30s. And that's one aspect. The other thing that happened was there's a big sinkhole that occurred down by where they have the concerts. The trains run through there. They did a lot of work around the time of the derailment in Lake Megantic. Um, and there was a lot of attention to rails. In fact, we brought some attention to the Bangor rails kind of in a yeah. anonymous way. But we did because the rails weren't in good shape. And they were running a lot of stuff through here because they were trying to move stuff around there aren't that many railways anymore. So they, there were all kinds of train cars going through here. And they were rocking like crazy because the, the train tracks weren't that good. So they did all kinds of work on that. Um, they have this big venue down there for the concerts, which is, I call it an erector set because that's what it looks like. It's just a big like steel frame thing with a stage. And it stays up all year because they can't afford to take it down and put it back up. And this whole, we get all these, you know, fairly big name acts that are coming and they love that and everything and there's noise complaints and all the stuff that I've talked about but anyway it's right down on the river it's right beside the river in an area that was reclaimed from an industrial type yard that was for trains back in the 1800s and stuff when they had the log drives and all this stuff so the soil under there has given way in some in some aspect where there was a sinkhole unexpectedly and some of these nice lamp posts that they had put in, they were leaning and stuff. Now they won't let the public go down in there because they don't know what they're going to do with that area. And it's just a freaking mess. It's going to cost a lot of money to fix. They have to fix it because otherwise the concert venue can't be 
upheld, and they need that for for income now. They have big revenue supposedly from it. It's mostly for the guy that does the shows. But anyway, they don't even know the extent of that down there. They don't know the extent of what the sinkhole is, and they haven't even got the brains to know that sound can take anything apart. I mean, they don't have the brains to know that. It can break a foundation. It can move the earth under it. And it's river silt. I mean, it's that's what's down there. It's right beside the river. It's river silt. It's probably moving when they have these big base things going on that rattle all the way 10 miles out of town. No brains whatsoever. They say that people complain because it's the genre of music they don't like. No, it's the bass. The bass is going through everything. It's going through people's foundations of their houses. It's shaking their houses, and they're not even down there. And they know there's a concert because they can feel it. So, I don't know. That's me ranting and raving again. But I just wish people would get, you know, a brain, (laughs) common sense. And I'm not the old curmudgeon old lady, like I always say, I feel like I'm a curmudgeon, like I didn't like when I was young, but common sense, you know, would tell people that you can't just take something like that and think, hey, we'll put everything on that and hope it's good, hope it works, because the rest of the place is falling to pieces. People are leaving, they're they're getting out, they're just like, I'm done, I'm not going to stay here anymore, because what's the point of it? There's you know, there's people here that would get right on all that, you know, sanctuary city stuff and everything. They would do that. They're they're just so they're progressive for the most part. Our city council is quite progressive, and they want to be like Portland North or something. And it's never going to be that. We're not on the ocean, and we're not as big as Portland. Portland's huge, and they're having some problems now too because they did the same thing. They put all their money into development and now they're having, you know, issues with various um you know, big projects that they're not going to be able to afford. <coughs> and they talk about, you know, how they're going to protect all the uh, illegal aliens and stuff in Portland. It's just, you know, it's interesting times, that's for sure. There's no uh no question about it. Oh. Well, anyway, that was a sidetrack. I just wonder if, if this Oroville uh, dam event is going to uh, wake up the uh, the California secession crowd into realizing uh, they better stay in the union. Because uh, when when the when one of the big expensive stuff we have in the state suddenly snaps and has to be replaced, uh, where is California going to get the money to do that? That's going to take. That's going to require instant federal aid. Well, the thing is that it's like it's like with you know what I always say the microcosm. I'm sitting here saying the exact same thing is that the money's not going where it belongs. It yeah. it does it isn't supposed to be spent on social programs for people that don't don't even live here. I mean, shouldn't be here. Exactly. I won't say they don't live here because they are here. But yeah. that if if you want to do charity, then do charity. But don't call it an obligation of your government because it isn't. And and do charity with your own money, not taxpayer money. There's lots of rich people out there. Let them pay for the people they want to take in their house and hide them out because they're not supposed to be here or something. Let them hide them in the basement or something. See, that's not even right because then they they take advantage of them and they make slaves out of them. 
How many? We've heard about people being abused because somebody holds that over their head that they're not legal. It's the same yeah. kind of stuff, in my opinion, as human trafficking when you do that, because they just say, well, you're lucky to be here, and I'm feeding you, so, you know, get busy. How many people could camp out in uh, Oprah Winfrey's $40 million place and estate in uh, in Montecito? Uh, exactly. Quite a few, and I haven't heard of her inviting any there yet. They want to talk about all this stuff and say how unfair it is and everything. Well, it's it's unfair to people who are trying to support the population we already have and can't do it well. And it's it's just like I don't know where their brain is. It's gone off somewhere. Of course, people that have you know human feelings for other people don't like the fact that somebody might suffer because of decision making. But we didn't make the choices they did. We didn't decide to come and, and decide to just, you know, hide out or whatever. They knew what they were doing wasn't right. And I think that, I really think that they do plan on doing individual cases. I mean, if people aren't, like, breaking the law and raising hell, then it's a different story than somebody who is. If they keep picking up somebody who's a criminal and they keep coming back, then they should be either deported permanently or they're incarcerated because they won't stop coming back. And I don't even think they should do that. They should have um, they should have something else. I don't know what, maybe an off-site prison for them. I don't know what to do if they keep coming back. Because we shouldn't have to feed them in prison either, really. Uh, that's a different class of people than somebody who's living as a family that's been here without their paperwork done. Everybody knows that. I don't want to totally blame Mexico because I have a... a, a deep gut feeling that America has been doing the same thing to Mexico and the 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 problem I do want to bring up is Mexico dumping their their drug ridden trash on America and letting them come across the border just to get them out of Mexico I wouldn't be too surprised if that's been happening with some of our trash from America has been escaping to Mexico just to get away from American uh uh, justice. Uh, so both countries need to find the trash and deport them back to the proper countries, and then each country needs to take care of them properly, accordingly. Uh, I don't know who's the biggest uh, violator of, of that issue. Are, are we sending more American trash down there, or are they sending more Mexican trash up this way? Uh, either way, it's got to stop, and that's what the border is supposed to be, is, is a, a way to filter that out. And, uh, oh, if you're a criminal, you stay where you're at, and, you're by the way, you're arrested because we just found out you are a criminal trying to escape through the border. Uh, so, anyway, that's just international justice, and, uh, and it takes place everywhere. Um, yeah. When... Uh, the last time uh, uh, Jack McCarthy was on, we were discussing sovereignty, and I brought up the the value of an American passport. Uh, talk sovereignty all you want, but I tell you, when you go to a foreign country, and I know when I traveled through Latvia, and I stepped off my nice air-conditioned airplane into a, a different climate and walked up through the gate 
And here is a Latvian soldier with his AK-47 just inches away from him wearing something you don't think much of it. You probably couldn't recall it from memory, but I tell you, when you're standing two feet from the guy, you suddenly remember exactly what Russian military wardrobe looks like. And this guy is standing between you and the people you wanted to visit on the other side of the glass. And I thank God I had an American passport to hand him. Yeah. And I get the thick accent, welcome to Latvia. And yep. I get ushered through to meet the family that I was going to visit. Uh, if I didn't have the luxury of an American passport, that could have been probably the most frightening moment of my life. Because other countries enforce their borders. And their border patrol agents are armed and ready to stop anybody that wants to penetrate their border without a right to do it. But I had a not only the U.S. passport, but a visa showing that I had proper entry credentials at that time to uh, to visit Latvia. Uh, so uh, the, we, we've just got, again, it goes, like you say, Charlotte Isabeth's dumbing down of America. We're raising a generation of utter idiots. Oh, there was a clip that was on Facebook, and as you know about video clips on Facebook, they're too difficult to find the URL to share with a, with a friend through normal email. It You can only share it to, to your other friends on Facebook. But uh, here was some liberal woman in a rant saying, we have to impeach uh, Pence and Trump so that Hillary can get can become president. Oh, I saw that. She she actually thought that, I think. How dumb. How dumb can you get? And she was <laughs> a, she was adult age. She was not a teenager. Well, I guess if we thought up enough of wild scenarios, we could come up with some possible possibility that uh you know it could happen, but I don't know how that would happen. How did she think that Hillary would just suddenly come out of her civilian status because she has no office? So, just suddenly come out of her civilian status and just be able to just be president, just named. She she obviously has no None. comprehension of government protocol. Yep. Oh, uh, and just think that oh well, I've seen Hillary campaigning for president, so she's automatically going to go into the office if. If this this dirty Pence and, and Trump will get step out of the way, yeah. What is she thinking? What planet is she she from? And and I just insulted high school kids. No, a high school kid would know enough. A junior high oh. kid would know the protocol of president through. Yeah, after vice president, it might be a question. They might not know that it then goes to speaker of the house and and all that. But at least a junior high kid is going to know that the protocol, president, vice president, the the fourth name you might not be able to come up with is going to be an established government official. At least a junior high kid would know that. And this woman didn't even know that. 
She didn't even realize that Hillary was no longer no longer a government official of any type. Well, she acted like she still had an office when she was running, and I got a kick out of that. I said it a few times yeah. to people. I go, "Who does she think she is? She's not even she's not even holding an office." Yeah. She's uh, you know, not invincible. Well, she thought she was invincible, so I guess that was good enough. Uh, th- this is just how frightening television has has dumbed down television in a poor education system, and no parental upbringing has dumbed down yep. society to this level. Are we going to have a government left in a few years, or is it just all going to crumble into total chaos? I know. Um. Yeah bring up Maxine Waters for more comedy there. Uh, uh, looking at the chat, Velam recommended I keep a $100 balance in all my accounts. Uh, well, I know, you have if to you eat. can find $100 bills easier than I can, then <laughs> yeah, go I was to it, say. Uh, Bill. But, uh, uh, well, anyway, there, yeah, there's a little, it's little hard. difficult to find here in the desert. Uh, I can find gold nuggets faster than I can find a hundred dollar bill, <laughs> and, and I really have yet to find one of those nuggets. I, I just know that uh, I go to all the trouble of getting a, a nice fancy metal detector, and I realize all the prime property to prospect in requires a four wheel drive to get to it, and I can't afford a four wheel drive to get out there. So. Uh, yeah, and you probably can't walk that far. Uh, no, and. Given our strange weather and, and desert critters, I really don't want to go hiking that far, <laughs> far from the house either. So uh, really. Oh, uh, anyway, that's that's life in the desert. Uh, okay. Again, uh, I said it 20 minutes ago, but yeah, I'm I'm well beyond the end of my list here. So. Uh, well, I I have. I was sitting here and I was hearing a little noise and I went, what's that noise? And I just looked and I've got a leak, so I had to go take care of my leak. Oh, you got a... Uh, <sighs> I think it's coming in a window. Um, it's not just the Trump administration, it's the Ginger administration. Is yeah, I've got a, a regular leak. leak. <laughs> the kind of leak like the Oroville Dam. Or yeah, is well, it Oroville? Oroville? Well, I guess I, I told you about three weeks ago we had a 24-hour monsoon here, and and the ceiling collapsed over one of our bedrooms here in the house. Oh yeah, no fun. So bad, and and that's well, sort of sitting there trying to dry out. And we put some rubber mats on the roof so that we no longer have a waterfall into that bedroom. But uh, well, we had quite be... a bad leak here a few times because this is where my computer is. It's a converted porch, is what it is. And uh, my boyfriend did all the work on the roof either last summer or the summer before, and it has been great. And I was like, oh, good. And I'm like, that can't be a leak because the roof was redone, right? So I'm sitting here, I'm hearing tick, tick. I'm like, what the heck? I go, look, yeah, it's leaking. But what happens here, we get these things called ice dams, which are like on the edge of the eaves, you'll get ice, and then the water will build up behind it when it's warm. Ooh. And um, it's going to – we. This porch roof right now has got a lot of snow load on it because he didn't shuffle it off yet. But um, when it does that, it heat the heat gets trapped and it leaks. It'll leak. So that's a common thing, actually. <clears throat> well, if 
if nobody ever admitted it in public, I'll state it publicly here on, on UDA, all California roofs leak real bad. Mm. And if yeah. they haven't leaked yet, wait another rainy season. It will. And yeah. the annoying thing about a leak is it's never directly above where the water seems to be coming out. No, that's out. true. It, well, the, always, I imagine out there the sun is so hot it probably cracks everything that's on the roofs, but... Mostly we have asphalt roofs here. That's what people use as asphalt roofing. I've I've had my own house there for a while. That roof leaked. It was a pain in the Mm -hmm. neck to get get all those solved. And then I rented a nice place. Well, here we go, Porter Ranch. Yeah, the nice place that I was renting there for a few years in Porter Ranch. That roof leaked. And then later on I moved to a fancy apartment complex over in, in the really nice neighborhood of Calabasas and that roof leaked and I was on a downstairs apartment and the roof above the second story leaked ran down the wall and right into my bedroom <laughs> yeah that uh, the um <laughs> The water damage that we had in my apartment building is what caused most of my troubles in the last couple of years because what happened was it leaked from the in between the floors between the top apartment and the downstairs one, and they were my two biggest rent apartments. So yeah. well, the, here, here's I was the, sunk. Here, here's my funny point is it doesn't matter how how much you pay for the property. I, no. I had a nice, humble, working-class house there for a while until the economy took it from me in uh, in Mission Hills and then I go to a, a nicer place over in Porter Ranch that roof leaked and then that apartment complex I was in it was a large complex the last I heard that it changed hands it changed hands for 85 million dollars that apartment wow. complex and it had leaky roofs <laughs> it doesn't matter what you pay for it the roofs all leak here throughout the state uh I don't know if it's the quality of the building materials or what, or if it's just so much intense sunlight through the summer that when we finally do get rain in the winter, that everything is just dried out and cracked. I think it's probably what's going on. But uh, anyway, such is life in California. Yeah. Uh, okay, I'm talked out, so uh, Lord willing, we'll see everybody next week and uh, hope, yeah. the, hope the dam does not burst and... Uh, as long as the dam doesn't burst and the creek doesn't rise, as the saying goes. We'll, uh, yeah, I hope everybody other. has a good week this week and just keep their eyes open because I think there's going to be a lot of cool, interesting things. He said today in his press conference, too, that there'd be a lot of stuff coming up this coming week. <laughs> Whether he has anything or not, I don't know. But it to me, it's like he's just playing a game of chess and he's or, or poker or something. He's trying to fake them out. And he, he basically told him, you know, tell the truth. Just tell the truth and everything will be fine. Even if it's not flattering, just do your job. So seems like common sense to me because, and he said the same thing. You, you'd be doing better because people would be wanting to watch it, <laughs> you know. Well, j- just to end on a dismal thought. Uh... Oh. We, yeah, you, we all rationalize how how horrible horrible it would have been if Hillary had gotten in. Let's go one step further down the line. What if Jeb Bush was our president now? Oh my gosh, I can't even imagine either one of them. 
Nothing would have changed, for one thing. They would have still been doing the same thing. We'd have, yeah, Obama number three or something. It's what yeah, that nothing would have changed because the, the two families have been working together. Well, exactly. It's not real obvious to everybody, but... Oh, know. and the media would be praising him like crazy. Oh, the, any, either one of them, yeah. Yeah. This is, uh, I mean, it, 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 just the fact that he has so much opposition tells you a lot. Because there wouldn't does. be that much um, raw panic is what I see. They don't know what else to do because they've got their job to do and whether or not they're involved in the actual activities of the group, I don't know that, but they are paid to do a certain job and it's not to uh, make him look good, that's for sure. So so as we continue to live out the Chinese curse of may you live in interesting times. Yeah, it certainly is interesting. Well, uh, we'll see what happens next week. Yeah, we'll, we'll see if uh, if Jerry Brown gets an unexpected bath when a, when a dam bursts above uh, Sacramento. But uh, uh, I'm glad happen. that that wasn't true because I was I, uh, really concerned about that. No, I I hope he gets his just desserts in a different fashion. But uh, just you know, do their jobs. Just do their jobs. If they did that, we wouldn't have all this stuff happening. Ex- exactly. His exactly. job is to make sure the people of California are doing okay, and he's not even doing that. So what the heck is he doing? Is he one of those people that just goes out and makes speeches? Looks cute or something? I mean, what is he doing? Do you see anything that he does that you could say, hey, there's a good thing that he did? And if, again, quoting that wise gentleman that commented that if the intelligence agencies were simply doing their job, well, let's let's say they got infiltrated enough to get Kennedy killed. But if mm-hmm. the in, intelligence agencies were doing their job, they would have been able to finger Johnson shortly thereafter, and they didn't. And because yeah, Johnson got in, in... Yeah, yeah be, because Johnson got in, came the rest of the parade of crooks that we've had. And there would have been no Bush. There would have been no Clinton. Uh, the... Dick Cheney, the the whole crowd never would have gotten into power if the intelligence agency had done their job right after Kennedy was assassinated and preferably before and saved the guy. Uh, but no, they didn't. It was, oh, we've got to respect authority. We've got to follow orders. And and they they just roboted out of, of their responsibilities and uh, uh, and accepted the uh, the corrupt idiots at the top. So anyway, such is history. Enough of my rants. <laughs> Lord willing, we'll see all you all right. next week then. Yeah, we'll do the best we can and see what happens. Okay. Good night. All right. Man. Good night. <sighs> Time to relax. Go take a break and I don't know what. Have some tea. Have some lemon hot water, some local honey for antibiotic or health purposes. There's a lot of flu going around up here. So far, so good. Yeah, but I've got to go and see what's going on with this water so I don't have any damage. Of course, it's always where you have all your best stuff piled because you've been working on it, like my um, this really old music that I was talking about a couple weeks ago with the folders and everything and, like, photographs and stuff. 
So i got to get those undercover and take care of them. So have a good week, you guys. I hope you have a good night and a good week. And see you next time, okay? Night, Dottie. Night, Desert Pete. Night, James Ken. Night, guest seven, eight, straight shot, Val Am. Val Am, good work. Don't feel too bad about getting some links wrong because people are setting those traps too, just trying to make chaos. So, alrighty. I'll give you a couple minutes and then I'll shut her down. See you next time. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.